This is the Movie Hall of Fame. And this is the second annual Anti-Oscars. And there he is across the table from me, the Regina Hall to my Amy Schumer. It's Adam Hall. Uh, you can you can have Amy Schumer. <laughs> Thank you. The Oscars are just a few days away, Adam. This week, yep. Hollywood's brightest stars lie in the red carpet to hand out awards to themselves. Marley Matlin. <laughs> Shit. They do nothing but make mistakes. Yes. That's really all it is. Uh, and I'm surprised this came so quickly because I, I was thinking back to it. And the anti-Oscars that we did last time really doesn't feel that long ago. And it wasn't because those uh, Oscars, if you recall, were late in the calendar year because uh. of covid so now we are back to almost a regular Oscar schedule. It's still pretty late. Yeah. I mean, it's March, and we're still talking about 2021 movies. Feels pretty weird to me, but yeah. whatever, whatever. We're doing wasn't it. wasn't that long ago though that we were doing this? Um, also, time moves exponentially quicker because that's how aging works. <laughs> it's a terrifying reality of life, and uh, I want to die because of it. You want to die because of it? Not into this whole aging thing. I'm okay aging up a little bit. I'm excited. Mm. I'm I'm cool with it. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Soon I'll be old enough to You're not get gonna... a screenplay Oscar nomination. <laughs> <laughs> what are your goals here, man? Like, like... <laughs> I don't know. Just a bunch of fucking old guys uh, nominated again in all these categories. Yeah, this is kind of lame, but what are you going to do? Uh, what are you going to do when you get gray hair, by the way? I don't know. Judy Dench <laughs> got a Best Supporting Actress nomination this year. It's wild. I mean, they're like... <laughs> As much as we want to say, like, out with the old. She doesn't do anything in the movie. Out with the old, <laughs> in with the new. I mean, Hollywood is still run by the the, the gray-haired crowd, she the AARP crowd. She, she, she doesn't do anything in the movie. I know, but it was the most predictable nomination ever. Like, fucking. Dude, when you heard when that movie got cast and she was announced, like, you knew that was an Oscar nomination. Oh, my God. From the beginning. Like, do they have that little self-awareness, though? Like, yeah. what the hell are they doing? I saw, like, the, the press release key art. And I'm like, oh, Judy. Yep, there and then give her, give her half an award. <laughs> Christ. It's it's ridiculous. That that. And I need to preface, I don't dislike that movie. I know you hate it, but like it's a perfectly watchable, fine movie mm. that's not like it wasn't boring to me. It's like, all right, I'm sitting here on a Sunday and I have nothing to do. Belfast. Yes. Whatever. Yeah. But like <laughs> you look at what it, what it's getting awarded for. And it's just like, what are we doing now? Um, uh, but that's I'm, what we're here for. Right. I'm just going to say it. Yes. Oscar voters need to die. They need to <laughs> They need to start dropping dead because there are too many of them and they're too fucking old and the movies that they choose are always the worst fucking movies of the year. They are comically out of touch. Comically. So that's what we're here for. Yes. We are here to right the wrongs and present our alternate slates mm. of Oscar nominees and winners. And let, let me just start by saying yes. I do get a little cheeky. In my nominee. It happens. Some of them are very serious. Some of them I'm 100% serious on. There's like two that I'm that are kind of silly. Two or three. I, I, I've sprinkled in, I won't say silly choices because I believe in all of these nominees. I think all of these nominees did good work. I do think that I tried getting creative though at times. There were some choices where it was like, oh, I didn't really think of that as a supporting performance or, oh, you know. I try to do that as well. I tried, I tried to do that. <laughs> and we did that last year. I, infamously, last year, Vanessa Hudgens received a Best Actress nomination from you 
for her work in the Princess Switch. And I have films. one like that on here. You'll see. Oh boy. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> the, I love my reasoning. Well, she did a lot of acting. <laughs> she did the most. What was that Lola Bunny? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like me giving Zendaya an award for being Lola Bunny and Johnny. It's a lot of acting, yeah. even though she's in Dune for like two minutes. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's definitely some stuff there. Uh, but for the most part, I just think this list of nominees is better than the list the Oscars came up with. I, I 100% believe that. I might actually agree with my list too and i'm probably gonna agree with your list yeah frankly yeah uh i do want to go over a quick rundown of the films that i have seen since last we talked because i've seen quite a few go ahead uh they're all old movies for the most part but um okay let's see the films that i've seen class action park really funny documentary highly recommended uh i think just missed the cut for our, our documentary month on the uh on the why is this a thing program yeah yeah wait what we were recommended that yes in the yes. discord quite a bit but i don't think we're gonna yeah end up doing it i know i know it was really good i highly recommend it this is one that i realized on watching it that i had only seen in large fractions on tv Uh i just wanted to rewatch it Uh it's thelma louise great movie finally like saw it in its full i'm like i have not seen this movie in its entirety holy shit it's a great movie it's a great movie yeah loved it uh ivan's childhood one of the best debuts i've ever seen by Andrei Tarkovsky. I was just told by a friend of ours to watch uh, some Tarkovsky shit, and I'm I'm gonna make the plunge. He's You're not gonna of, do well. <laughs> he's one of those directors. It's like you watch the, or I, I should say, you look at the still images of his movies on Twitter, and you assume he's the greatest director of all time. Like it's one of those things where every frame is like, whoa, how did he come up with this? He's oh, yeah. such a yeah visual director like that it, it it's a it's he's almost frustrating to talk about in a way because when you he gets into that next level filmmaking realm and it's like i don't even know how to comprehend how brilliant some of this stuff is yeah it's just working on me in a level i can't explain holy shit what are you doing to me? Wait, what's your favorite tarkovsky stalker okay stalker had i think the average amount of shots in a film is like 1500 shots or a film that one has like a hundred and like 50 wild yeah wow it's a lot of long slow yeah. takes that's the thing about tarkovsky is that I'm, i i don't know man if you, you didn't respond to bergman i don't know i don't know if you're gonna do so well with this one have you seen solaris yeah do you like it mm, i do but it's my least favorite of the ones by him that i've seen have you seen soderbergh solaris no okay no some people like that one more yeah, I, I've I've heard that too. Yeah, yeah. I, I I I really want to watch it because I I mean, Solaris is an, a a really interesting movie. That's a it's challenging as all hell. I mean, all of his films are challenging, but that one is just like was like too much for me at the time. Maybe if I watched it again, I would absolutely adore it. But it's just it's a movie and a half. Um, yeah, I'll do it. I'll definitely. I'm going to take the plunge. One weekend, it's just going to be Tarkovsky week for me. You uh, I shouldn't do him in succession. I because you need to. Uh, this again I don't mean to be elitist here but you really do need to spend some time with the movies <laughs> like I recommend watching a tar- like if you're gonna do Tarkovsky one movie a month okay seriously okay yeah where should I start you could start with Ivan's Childhood I think it's his most uh, accessible that I've seen and then maybe go to Andre Rublev uh-huh. and then Stalker and then Solaris okay and then, you know, I haven't seen The Mirror or just I think it's just Mirror, but apparently that's I, I really want to watch that. Will do. Looks great. Okay. Um, and then Burden of Dreams, which we talked about. Small Time Crooks, 
Oh, yeah, Woody. Fun little movie. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, that time. is such a delightful yeah. little movie. <laughs> it's a later Woody film. Yeah, like 99, right, or 2000, something like that. I think it was 2000s, yeah, something like It was really good. Early 2000s, yeah. Uh, a, a movie time has forgot. Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's the it's that movie you watch like and you're like this is probably the most inconsequential film ever made but like it's totally but I just I just yeah it's a it's a good little time yeah, yeah there's some late period Woody that there are some gems there for sure uh, you have to look far and wide because they're they're not all gems but yeah that's a good one yeah I, I like I like that one a lot it's a fun one cookies man <laughs> those cookies are successful <laughs> uh, invasion of the body snatchers 1978 excellent movie who did this. Uh, Philip Hoffman, okay, who did the right stuff. Got it. Yeah, really. Or Kaufman, Philip Kaufman. I don't know, but uh, isn't Philip Kaufman the uh, the trauma guy? Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> it's like, man, these names, these names. I tell you, got it. It's it's it was it, it was a really really good uh, kind of like seventies era paranoia film, which I I you should see it. It's good. It's, okay, it's quite good. Um, Playtime, which is an even better film. Tati. Jacques Tati. Yeah. It's the most original film I've ever seen. There, I said it. <laughs> yeah, we need to do a lot of these on some sort of uh, dealer's choice episode. There's a lot of like when when we were, I think, starting the show, we tried sort of gravitating towards the more mainstream, like yeah. culturally significant stuff. But there's like so much like essential cinephile yeah. shit. That we've ignored. Well, we've realized, too, that this show has kind of, like, evolved into more of, like, a really deep cinephile exploration. Right. And, like, stuff like that, too. It's, like, an, I feel bad, like, missing it because it is kind of extraordinary. Yeah, I think yeah. at first, like, so part of the, the vision was, like, you sort of take a time machine back and you, like, yeah. imagine going to the movie theater in, like, 1979 and what was available to you at the Cineplex. What were people talking about? What has stuck with people? What was quotable? And I think, yeah, I think it's sort of evolved into more like, let's do a deep dive into a very specific kind of filmography. Yeah. You know, which I love too. So, I, yeah, maybe we need to do like a Tati show or something. Tati would be fun. I love doing like a filmmaker show. The Macbeth's pod was a lot of fun. Yeah. I really want to do f- uh, first films. That's something I really oh, yeah. like because we could do Ivan's Childhood. We haven't talked about Evil Dead. We haven't. We, I, I, and, we haven't and, done Evil Dead. The Evil Dead. No, yeah. The original, yeah. Yeah, that's something we could talk. I, and I'm I'm pissed off now that I've been reading the behind the scenes of uh, Fury Road. Uh, I want to talk about the first Mad Max. We yeah. Didn't, we didn't nominate that one, and yeah. I'm ashamed. I'm like, you know something? I have a lot to say about that first. I really like it, and let's let's talk about it. It's an important film, too. Yeah, we got to figure out the umbrella to do a lot of these in. And, and we're also due for another dealer's choice, because there are a couple movies, too, that we just completely fucking ignored. <laughs> well, Thelma and Louise was another one, now that yep. you mentioned it. That was a movie we completely ignored mm-hmm. uh, when we did that year, and yeah. It happens. It's okay. Okay. Uh, not done. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah, playtime. That was L. Someone was on vacation this week. Yeah. 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 Uh, playtime. Yeah, I talked about that just now. Um, Hearts of Darkness, which we j- literally just talked about to re- unveil the curtain. Which Why is this a thing? Why is this a thing? Hearts of Darkness. Go listen. Quite uh, hear Nick uh, drag Francis Ford Coppola <laughs> and Apocalypse now through the mud. <laughs> It was not a good time. I don't think it was a good pod. Not a good pod. Yeah, bad I, pod. I, I, I thought actually it, don't listen. I thought it kind of sucked. It was a bad pod. <laughs> it was just like, well, what do we do now? <laughs> Sometimes you're just done and you're like, man, that was a fucking stinker. It's like, God, it's entirely Nick's fault. 
Totally. Because he's just like, I hated the film. I don't want to talk about it. Bye. Totally it's Nick's like, fault. Well, shit. Okay. Kamikaze the shit out of the <laughs> show. God damn it, Nick. Okay. Uh, I saw a Dario Argento film called Deep Red, which was so good. Uh, so good. Ah, uh, oh, loved it. Cool. Fucking loved it. A great score by Goblin. Uh, just this intoxicating, thrilling watch. It's just. Mm. When was it from? Uh, what year? Yeah. I think 75. This film is delicious. God, it's so so good. Deep red. I might even like it more than Suspiria. I don't know. Whoa. It was really good. Whoa. It was really good. It's so weird. Like the the, the way that it's so kind of like of its time and the music's bizarre. It doesn't all like some of the there's a scene where like the main characters like hanging from a rooftop and the, the way they put the music in is just so silly to me. But it's like, God, it's so so it's got so much personality. It's so much fun. There's like it's got one of the great like jump scares that doesn't like. I don't know, maybe it was only a jump scare to, to me, but like misdirection, like you think the scare is coming from here, but then it comes from over here. Just a uh, really good movie. Cool. There's another guy we could probably talk about. Yeah. Argento, do you like Jalo films? Uh, and then I saw the the sequel to Deep Red, Turning Red, which was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which was... Uh, I'm shocked to say I really liked it. Wow. Thought uh, it, you turned the corner. I saw those trailers and I thought, this looks like shit. Yeah. I really liked it. One of the better Pixar movies of the last couple of years. Honestly, yeah. I, I was like, I, you know, I really did expect to enjoy it as much as I did, but this was really fun. Yeah. Horny as hell. That movie. Very horny. Very horny. <laughs> uh, very, I mean, I would say the crudest Pixar movie by a wide margin. Like it is very Pro- crude. Probably. Yeah. There are sex jokes. Uh, like kids call other kids pervs. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are periods referenced. The yeah. turning red in the title may also uh, reference, uh, yeah, puberty and getting a. Uh, it's Carrie for kids, basically. It's Carrie for kids. Really. Kind, yeah, it is kind of Carrie for kids, isn't it? <laughs> sort of. Sort of. <laughs> Never thought about it that way. I like boys. I like loud music. I like gyrating. What did you just say? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's really charming. It is. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's very unPixar, but I think in a good way. Like it, it, nothing about it feels Pixar. That was the thing I was. Most it has no by. chill. No, like, it's no. actually more like a Lord and Miller kind of like Sony animated movie in the style and also like in the tone. A lot of Pixar movies, yeah. most of them have chill. This movie has no chill, and no. I think like intentionally so. There's a lot more care to it. Like it's definitely it moves, it's fast, but yeah, and it like you said absolutely no chill, but there is a, a, a tremendous amount of care to the emotional storytelling which I appreciated. Yeah. So even though like it's moving a, a million mi- miles an hour, it kind of knows exactly when to not slow down but pump the brakes just enough to, you know, for me to understand why this girl is so upset, which is frequent in the movie. Uh, she's very upset. Yes, very she turns into a panda, which yeah, gets it's upset. a red panda, by the way. Red panda. I have a video of a red panda on my phone. I was just watching it the whole time. Really? Like an actual red panda. Yeah. You want to see the video? Yeah, I would. All right, remind me. No, red pandas are usually small creatures, right? Yes, they're very small. They're adorable as hell, but yeah. they're like, yeah, they're not that big. <laughs> but this one is a big panda. It's a big panda. That she turns yeah. into <laughs> really big panda. Yeah. It's- Sandra Oh turns into even a bigger panda. A bigger panda, which made me think, ooh, this director, I want to see her do the next Godzilla film. Yeah, there was some good Godzilla shit. There was good there Godzilla was, shit. There was some good shit. <laughs> that shit, I was, I swear to God, I was like, I would low-key love to see that shot in a Godzilla film, which is like, where the, I think the view is from the stage. Yes, oh my God, it's a great it's shot. The, it's, it's a great sh- fucking shot. She's just drenched in darkness. Yes. And you can see like, it's not quite a silhouette, but it almost is. Yeah, and yeah, she's yeah. just walking slowly towards the camera. That was like, ooh. Or when she peeks the, her head into the Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. It's excellent. <laughs> that it was excellent. Great yeah. stuff. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Um, good movie. Yep. Yeah. 
uh, Little Shop of Horrors by Frank oh, Oz. Of course. Which is like now like a top two favorite musical of all time for me. I loved it so fucking much. Wow. Yeah, I don't Late know. to the party. I loved it. Wow. Loved it. Never seen it before. It's not I loved it. really my vibe, but <laughs> yeah, 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 it's cool. Fucking adored it. The only thing I didn't like was the ending. It's like the most canned ending of all time. But I, it's also the ending where you watch it and like, oh, they test screen an original ending and it didn't work very well so they just rushed this in a day and that's exactly what happened right 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 so, so now i need to check out like the director's cut and see how that plays is there a director's cut yep interessante yeah wow absolutely loved it great puppet by the way phenomenal puppet. uh yeah great and finally this I, i've seen these before but i wanted to Rewatching for a comparison because we were talking about Matt Reeves. I did a side by side for uh, Let the Right One In and Let Me In. Mm. It was an interesting experience and in how similar they are. Which one's better? I have not seen Let the Right One In. Let the Right One In's way better, in my opinion. But um, it, it's weird to explain. I because I th- I thought so. Let Me In is very like there's like a lot of style to it. It's got like the colors are more defined and everything. But strangely. It doesn't look as good as Let the Right One In. Interesting. There's like a little more like like you register the frame much more in Let the Right One In and there's like a considered nature to everything. I mean, it's by the guy who made Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Yes. And you can kind of feel that, particularly in the hospital scene where the woman burns alive. It's just so crazier in this one. Huh. There's like a lot of that. And so, yeah, Re- Reeves does have a tendency to kind of go a little muted with some of his framing. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, and that I definitely felt that way about some of the apes movies. Mm-hmm. And I get, I mean, I don't know. I, I think let me in is pretty visually striking, it but is. yeah, it's interesting though, how similar they are. And like, like there's just a, the, the, the significant differences, obviously the technical differences, but like the way they focus the drama. So there are actually aspects of Let, Let Me In that I think are done better, but there's just more aspects of Let the Right One In that are better. I've told yeah. I've been told the pool scene is much better in Let the Right One In. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Sadder. Uh-huh. Sadder too. And yeah. just chilling and weird and ugh. But like touching at the same time. Uh, yeah, interesting. <laughs> yeah, it didn't, didn't it's, really register that on the first watch. Well, here's the big difference: you you watch Let Me In, and it's like shadowy, dark, it's gloomy. Let the right one in; it's lights everywhere. So, so the interesting yeah. thing about that production is that they commissioned the remake before Let the Right One In was released in it's Sweden, Norway, Norway. I think one of those Scandinavian countries, maybe Sweden. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever, whatever its country of origin was, the, I, I think Reeves saw a cut of the movie. I, I don't know exactly what the timetable was, but there there was at a point production uh, of both films that did not overlap with one another. So Reeves did get to develop at least either the script or like some of the storyboarding before he saw a cut of Let the Right One In and before it became a sensation. Wow. Not only in in. Norway or Sweden or whatever country it was, but also in the world. So it's this weird thing where it's kind of a remake, but it's also sort of its own interpretation of the same material. And so I was curious, like, does it feel like it's cut from the same cloth? It is exactly the same. Interesting. Like, it, I've never, like, you know, there's variations on certain remakes. Like, eh, they shifted this around, they shifted that around. Like, no, this is like a beat for beat, sometimes shot for shot remake. That's really interesting if that's true. Yeah, they were only two years apart. Wow. So again, like, there was some developmental stuff before, yeah. The, the the handling of the like 
like again, again, the way the 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 first director tells the story and the way he handles it, it's just like a, with a little more Sweden, by the way. Yeah, Sweden. Yeah, yeah it's like it, it. There's just a different vibe to that first movie, and it's nowhere near as dramatic. The music is far more muted. That's another big thing. And it, yeah, it's just a little more chilling than uh, Let the Right One In. Let the Right One In like feels, or no, Let Me In rather feels very like Hollywood. Yeah, but still like retains like the essence of that source material very well. Whereas there is a, I don't know, there's a seriousness to that first one that's not that's not present in Let Me In. It's more visceral too. So, uh, Cody Smith McPhee stars, yeah, of course, in Let Me he's in, really good. Which is a nice segue into what we're doing now. Oh, the anti Oscars. Yeah, here it is. Uh, I did the math here. I watched a total of 73 eligible movies in the year 2021. I did wow. not include movies that came out before March 1st of last year because those would have been eligible for last year's Oscars. Okay. So in the last 10 months, 73 eligible movies. Uh, my apologies to the following films. I did not get a chance to see. Oh, yeah. And Ooh. I've been told... Uh, may be worthy of some Oscars or some that I was just curious in. Uh, Benedetta, Mass, Memoria, Tatan, Parallel Mothers, The Souvenir Part 2, Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy, Lamb, Test Pattern, Black Widow, Eternals, Many Saints of Newark, Wrath of Man, A Hero, Old Henry, Nit Ram, Saint Maud, Writers of Justice, and Encanto. Those are the big ones on the watch list I did not get around to. You didn't see Encanto? Did not see Encanto yet. Yeah, I've seen a few of those. Yeah. A few of them. Uh, the, some of those uh, I will be watching within the next week because I have to watch it for the, the Oscars. Okay. But uh, apologies. Okay. If I'm missing one of those movies in my categories, just know uh, that's why. I didn't see them. Yeah, this is going to be funny. <laughs> Here we go. We begin, as the Oscars do, with Best Supporting Actor. <laughs> Your nominees at the Academy Awards for Best Supporting Actor. Yeah. Can I ask a question before you continue? Sure. Why the hell is Best Supporting Actor first out of all of this? Well, I think they're sort of hopelessly attempting to keep people interested, to keep the every man interested. And I think by leading off the show with Best Sound Design or Best it's Makeup and Hairstyling, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. You want the, the layman to walk in and be like, oh, yeah, there's... Kieran Hines from Belfast. That's that, but like I know you want the acting category at the top because that's what people care about. I understand that. Yeah. I think they should start with Best Picture. Yeah, just say fuck it. Well, that seems <laughs> to be picture. the trend every year. Best Picture is <laughs> is moving and moving towards the top of the show. Because wasn't it? Didn't they conclude with Best Actress one year? Uh, last year they concluded infamously with Best Actor because uh, they oh, thought yeah, that Chadwick Boseman. <laughs> Was going to win, and instead Anthony Hopkins won, and he didn't even show up, and everybody was distraught. Yep. Yeah. Oscars are a sham. Don't think they're going to do that again this year. Maybe they are, though. Like The journalism rules are always, you know, inverted pyramid. You got to start with the good stuff <laughs> and then put all the details at the end. So maybe they'll go journalism school on me. Okay. And go best picture first. I don't think that'd be, so. Though. That'd be nice. That'd yeah. be nice because then I don't really need to watch the rest. Right. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, here we go. Best supporting actor. At uh, the Academy Awards, your nominees, Kieran <laughs> Hines for Belfast, uh, Troy Kutzer for Coda, who seems to be the front runner at the moment, Jesse Plemons for The Power of the Dog, J.K. Simmons for Being the Ricardos, yeesh, and <laughs> Cody Smith McPhee, Power of the Dog, was the front runner for a while, but man, yeah. Coda fever, sweeping Tinseltown. 
Okay. So do you think that? Hmm? I think it's Kutzer's to lose. All right. I think that'd it's be, Kutzer's to lose. That'd be interesting. Uh, I'm for it. Yeah. Why not? You want to give your slate? My slate. All right. I will end with the winner. How about that? Sure. Okay. Sounds good. So my nominees are, of course, where did they go? Where did they go? It's going great. One, two. Oh, here it is. Here it is. It's going great. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Masaki Okada for Drive My Car. He's the guy that has the conversation. He's with the, the actor. Lead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, just for that scene alone. Right. Uh, ben Affleck for The Last Duel. Uh-huh. Razzie nominated Ben Affleck. Yeah, Razzie. Yeah, yeah. He, he deserves a nomination for the Academy Award for that fuck up. What was that? One of the worst Razzie nominees, I think, ever. It, like, really bad. It was just... No, and we said it on the other pod. We're just like, guys, the joke has been played. Yes. It's been pl- it doesn't work anymore. Yeah, sometimes... Like, there's a, there's a clip of... Tom Jones singing Prince's Kiss mm. in Vegas. And uh, it's very good. It's very good. You watch it, but like you imagine when the video starts that, oh, this is just like washed up Tom Jones with his Welsh accent going out there <laughs> yeah. and like, you know, trying to, to hold on to that last branch of fame he has left <laughs> and is doing like the sexiest song ever but like he's like not a good looking guy and it's like <laughs> and so you watch it and you think oh this is fucking pathetic this is like watching like Celine Dion right on the Vegas strip and you watch it and what happens after a while is just through pure attrition mm. Tom Jones comes out singing Kiss better than Prince did. Yeah. And he, some, he somehow sounds sexier than Prince sounded <laughs> on the original record of that song. That's what's kind of happening to Ben Affleck and the Razzie. So? It's like if you stare into the abyss long enough, if you look your enemy dead in the eye and say, yeah, I'm fucking Ben Affleck. So what, motherfucker? <laughs> you know, like I'm just going to keep doing my thing and you'll keep making fun of me. But eventually it's going to come around and I'm going to end up looking better than you. I'm going to be the bully. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's what happened with Affleck and the Razzie. That's true. He's been doing the same shit for 25 years, <laughs> and it has sucked for 20 years of it. And the Razzie's got the last laugh. And then somewhere around Gone Girl, all of a sudden, like, Ben Affleck started playing himself, and the and the directors that cast him in these movies knew how to use that, like, weird alchemy mm-hmm. to their advantage. And it's now happened in my mind three times. Gone Girl, uh, last year's The Way Back, and this year's Last Duel, where it's like Affleck is kind of playing himself. He's a prick in all of those movies because he's a prick in real life, and it works. And it just so happens in The Last Duel, he's playing like 15th century version. (laughs) With a bad haircut. Of that prick, Ben Affleck. (laughs) Yes. Come in, take off your pants. (laughs) Go on, take your fucking pants off. It's a great performance. Yes, it's awesome. I remember very distinctly one of the things I was more shocked by with, with that movie was the fact that Ben Affleck was legitimately good in the movie. Yes. Yet he got a Razzie nomination. <laughs> yeah. Now, it's like that shows me you didn't see the movie. Yeah, yeah. That exactly. shows me you watched the trailer and you assumed that weird fucking haircut he had on wasn't going to work and it did. That's probably exactly what they did. They just saw a still image of him with that haircut. Right. And that was all they needed. It's like, yeah, no. Yeah, come off it, Razzie. Yeah. That's a great performance. You were bothered by this one. That definitely made your list, didn't it? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> <made my> list. <laughs> okay. But my other ones included, this is kind of an interesting one, uh, Anders Danielson 
uh, Lee or Lai for the worst person in the world. Just missed the cut for me. Yeah, yeah. It was Number good. six. He was good. Really he's good in that, that movie. One. Kind of the lead. Yeah, that's why it was a little. It was. He's not the lead. Like no. she's the lead, and he's not in it nearly as much as she is. But like, yeah, he carries a lot of that movie, though. Yeah, certainly when he's every scene he's in, he's carrying that scene. So there's that. Yeah, he's excellent. He was also in a movie called Bergman Island this year. Oh, I didn't more see More supporting that. role where he's kind of playing like a fantasy dreamboat boyfriend it's not quite the same as this performance yeah he's he's absolutely excellent in that yeah. movie i it, i missed it missed the cut for me just because i got a little cute with some of these but uh yeah probably deserves to be in the top five okay well i'm happy i got that one and finally uh andre holland for passing didn't see passing oh and i'm mad at myself mad at myself for not seeing passing might pop up on a few other yeah nomin- I saw that one in 2021 actually yeah. heard Ruth Neg is really good mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's that's what I heard damn it should have done my homework yeah. <laughs> yeah he's very good that's a very very compelling performance in that one and yeah. subtly so yeah. um but nope my winner for best supporting actor is actually you ready yes <sighs> I forgot who it was it's Vincent Linden for <laughs> Titan. Titan! Oh, Titan! Another movie I didn't see. Oh, holy shit. He's so good in this movie. Yeah. It's just the weirdest. Every choice is so interesting. God, I love him so, so much. It's, it's He has to play a father figure and a mother figure. I just, it, ugh, it doesn't make any sense, but it and works. And a mother figure. Yeah. Oh, shit. Kinda, kinda. There's some cross-dressing going on? What's going on in Titan? Uh, <laughs> it is one of the most vulnerable performances I've seen this year and also one of the most heartbreaking. And it, he's just, I, again, it's the first time I've ever seen him in a movie, but it was a very like, wow, who are you kind of moment. And he's, so, you know, he's an older guy too, but it's, I, I would have thought that he would have popped up on more films, you know, mm. in my umbrella, but nope, this, this was it. And it was just a flooring, crushing, really, really spectacular performance that wasn't overly showy, just so real. And oh God, it's like the most human thing you're going to see. I love it. I love it. He's great. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh okay. Here are my five. Ben Affleck in the last duel. Ugh. As you said. <laughs> yes. Uh Coleman Domingo in Zola, a movie with a lot of good performances. Uh big fan of Coleman Domingo's. He was uh in last year's Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. He has been on that stupid Walking Dead spinoff for years. He's just oh. been trapped in AMC land. He was he was in um um Christ what was he in Okay he's the pimp in this one Yes Okay yeah he was in Candyman Okay yeah yeah I really like this guy Uh I, I, like I'm I'm uh I'm, I'm kind of upset that he's been just trapped on basic cable on a show that it seems like nobody watches even though it's apparently alive. everyone watches it It's it's around by sheer willpower of that network I guess I guess I guess I don't understand like I don't I don't remember last time I talked to anybody who gave a crap about The Walking Dead. That show was so big. Yeah. Because that first season, I say it all the time, that first season is phenomenal. I love that first season. Second season's good too. And I like the third season. Yeah. Uh, But Jesus Christ, after that, like, what's the point? Yeah. Uh, And the frustrating thing is that it keeps these really good TV actors just stuck in this purgatory where it's like they can't do anything else. And Coleman Domingo is one of those examples. Uh, again, this is the spinoff of The Walking Dead that never worked, but... I've never seen a single episode. I watched the first season of it, and it was not very good, but he was always a standout. Uh, I really like that guy's energy, and in Zola, like, he's 
really menacing, but also like really fucking funny. Uh, yeah, not not the only nomination for Zola. Uh, oh, honestly. I see. But yeah, he's excellent in it. Uh, Woody Norman for Come On, Come On. One of the better child performances I've ever seen. Maybe the best one since Sixth Sense. If I had to pick one. Since Sixth Sense? I think so. Oh, boy. I think so. I, That's I could, a good question. I don't know. I couldn't think of another one off the top of my head. But Woody Norman... A British kid could have fooled me yeah. with the accent work he's doing in Come On, Come On. Definitely fooled me. Yeah. I wasn't like totally moved by that movie in the way that I wanted to be. And like, I, didn't, <laughs> I could read you like, I, I, I must love this. I know. And I just never <laughs> yeah, got yeah, yeah. over the end. Like some of this seemed like my shit and it never quite got there. It's a good movie. It's I, I enjoy good. It. Yeah. It's I don't love the interstitials with the radio. Oh, stuff I hate that and, stuff. Yeah, none of that stuff works. But me. I do think like on an acting level, really good. <laughs> uh, and there were some other actors that in that movie that just missed my list. Joaquin almost got a nomination for me. Uh, and then the woman that played the mom, Gabby Hoffman, almost got a nomination. <laughs> Didn't. OK. Woody Norman. Yeah, gets, I was thinking about her, too. But not Woody Norman gets the nod there. Uh, really good child performance. Great accent work. Yes. Uh, Bradley Cooper for Licorice Pizza. Shocking that he didn't get an Oscar nomination. What? <laughs> Don't they love Cooper? Uh for for his performance, like it's a good role, but he has like like two seconds of screen time. <laughs> Don't the Oscars love him though? It is a it is a standout scene. Yeah, uh, honestly, but like best scene in the movie. I think. Yes, it is the best scene in the movie, and it's, a lot of it is because of it. Like when he comes up the mountain, and like you just sort of you see, see him his weird gait, the way he walk. It's just like he's like a fucking action figure right but he's this <laughs> hairdresser hollywood producer and it's like holy shit there's a zombie coming from down yeah. up the street yeah he he's got a gas can in his hand who's like coming straight for you and then he zags this way to go talk to some girls saying hey you want peanut butter and jelly sandwiches <laughs> such a great character the john peters character is fucking amazing it's so good it's an interesting choice yeah a lot of people predicted him to get an oscar knob and somehow jk simmons snuck in that there. is bullshit uh, but yeah, Bradley <laughs> Cooper, licorice pizza stand out in that. Uh, I almost put Sean Penn on there actually. Cause he had another awesome supporting role in licorice pizza. That is one of the few like, like, um, vignettes in the movie that I was not huge on. And part of it I think was actually because of Sean Penn. I don't uh, know. Not to say he's bad in the movie. It's just, I didn't connect with that. Yeah. I don't know what it was. Uh, and my last nominee, I came so close to putting Andrew Garfield here. Oh, for Spider-Man. No way. Home. Oh, God. But then I thought about it more and I said, wait a minute, that's not the best performance in Spider-Man No Way Home. So I figured if I were inventing my own Oscar ceremony, if I were running things, what would I want? I would want a prolonged celebration of Willem Dafoe's excellent work as the Green Goblin. <laughs> it would kind of be like a Lifetime Achievement Award. Oh, he should have got an Oscar nomination in the early 2000s. He's great in this movie as he was in the other one. Uh, Willem Dafoe, Spider-Man No Way Home, my my fifth nominee there. That's okay. He has been nominated for Oscars before. Yes. But it does, surprisingly, it doesn't happen very often, it seems like. I don't know. Doesn't happen enough. He got nominated for that, what was it, Vincent Van Gogh movie? Yeah. A couple for, years ago? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I, f- I always forget the name of that one. A Florida Project was another one he got nominated yeah, for. Yeah, and then right? uh, and Shadow of the Vampire yeah. was, the, was the, I think, the first one. And I guess he had a Lighthouse nomination as well. No, I don't think he did. 
No, he was snubbed. No, that was a big snub. It pissed me off. Oh, yeah. That's, man. Yeah, that, which is so obviously the best supporting role in that. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ, that's an incredible performance. That That's an interesting choice. I'm giving it to Defoe there. I, I, I just think like he's captivating. It's it's. We talked about it on the Spider-Man podcast we did. It's one of the... One of the greats. One of the great superhero villains ever. You're giving the award to Defoe. No, I'm giving it to Bradley Cooper. But he oh. was <laughs> he was good enough to earn a nomination for me. Okay. So okay. Uh, that's fine. Yeah. That's an interesting choice. I did. Did I go that that weird for? I don't think I ever went quite. There is one where I. There's no way you went as weird as I did. Okay. But aside from that one, yeah, I, I was pretty good about my list. I'm gonna go way way weirder in a second. Okay. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, okay. Other ones that I, I almost nominated just missed the cut. Mike Feist for West Side Story. Okay. I think like really good for a character that I've always sort of thought of as the least effectual or maybe not as important as some of the other characters in West Side Story. Uh, he's really good. He's menacing. He's exactly what I wanted out of, a of, of the Jets. Yeah, I agree. Not the New York Jets. You, would you like to have him on the New York Jets? I want Tyreek Hill on the New York Jets, but uh, Mike Feist will suffice on the <laughs> on the Jets and West Side Story. Uh, I said Sean Penn. Oh, Alex Wolf almost made it for me. Did you think about him? No, I. I well, we'll talk about Pig in a, in a bit, but yeah, it it came up just because I was thinking about another actor. But no, he's he he's good. He's not that good though in the movie. Uh, John Barenthal for King Richard I thought was very good yeah. Love that guy King Richard's another one Just like who cares Right bro. In one ear out the other <laughs> uh, Did you think about Momoa for Dune? I did actually Dune does make a nomination But more so out of uh, Like like obligation for me It doesn't win the, the, the nomination So spoiler alert But yeah I did think of Momoa Because I really love him in Dune And it, it was it, I think he kind of like Just missed the cut for me on that one Yeah uh, I thought maybe Benicio could have got a nomination for French Dispatch, a movie that I don't really like, but he He's had the standout in scene in it, the standout sequence. Yeah. Uh, and then in the superhero vein, I did think about briefly Tony Lung for Shang-Chi. Oh, God. <laughs> because no. he's just delivering awful dialogue in a really compelling way. <laughs> and I think like just in terms of level of difficulty. God, it's a stretch to nominate him, though. <laughs> I wanted to shout him out, but I did like, like it's more. It's honestly, it is more w- worthwhile to nominate Momoa in this category than Tony Lung. Like, I'm sorry, but like, almost put Momoa yeah. on there. Thought yeah, I, I, I feel a little bad not giving it to him. Again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have given him the award, but yeah, he, he was, he's, he's kind of like the standout performance in that movie. I think Strang- so. Strangely, yeah, yeah. I think so. Okay, moving on. Best supporting actress. Ah, the nominees for the Academy Award: Jesse Buckley for The Lost Daughter. Ariana DeBose for West Side Story figures to be the favorite. Dame Judy Dench for Belfast. Dame, she's a dame. She is a dame. Uh, Kristen or Kirsten Dunst. Kristen, Kristen Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. Power of the Duck. You know who I'm talking about. Dunst. I don't know who you're talking about. And Andre Newell is for King Richard. Those are your five nominees. I'll give you mine. Okay. Uh, Toko Mahiro. Maria Mahira. Drive my car. She drives the car and drive my car. She does it a lot. A lot of driving. Does a lot of driving. Maybe now should be the time to say that I watched Drive My Car over the weekend. Yeah. Oh, now we're talking about it. Uh, goodness gracious, this movie. It's a good movie. 
Oh my it's a pretty, god! Pretty good movie, isn't it? Oh my god! <laughs> my favorite movie of the year. Yeah, moved up to the number one spot. <laughs> we t- we we have the same number one. Can't believe I waited Woo! so long to to like watch it. It's, I feel like really bad for not watching it three months ago. It should have been brought up five podcasts by it's now. Crazy how good that movie is. Uh, and a lot of it has to do with her performance. Like, yeah, she stares directly into your soul during these performances yeah. like there there is so much like intentionality to everything that's going on but particularly in these performances and like that scene where they're sitting around with the deaf woman and her husband at the dinner table mm. and she's like sort of just eating her rice and trying to remain innocuous and like then when it's story time she just looks right into you and it's like she's reading everything on your face <laughs> and is not reacting to it like it is like such a, an affecting performance in not a loud way at all no, like she that's is the whole movie i mean that really is the whole movie like it's a really quiet movie all throughout um there's yeah. so much like history with every little thing she does yeah where it's like why do you do things this way yes and she doesn't she's not really going to tell you up front right. so you have to do your little your little bit of digging but i was thinking about and just every aspect of the film particularly her in that that great conversation in the car, just everything about this film is so disarming. Yes. It, you, you think you can handle it one way and the movie says, no, you can't. Yes. And it's just, whoo, gives you the chills. But then when it, you know, reveals those things or the information or its answers, uh, as complicated as they are, it's just, oh boy. Yeah. Even that scene at the end when she gives him a hug, it's like, it's not like that stereotypical cathartic moment that you've come to expect out of a lot of Hollywood movies towards the end. It's very quiet. It's mm-hmm. in the middle of the snow. And, you know, she because there's so much intentionality to what she does, it's like that moment isn't easily dismissed. Like that no. that's a moment that gains extra power because again, every time she shifts a gear, every time she turns the steering wheel, every time she lights <laughs> a cigarette and sticks a cigarette out of the the the, uh, the car roof, uh like it, it's 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 so considered. It's such a fucking considered, contained, awesome performance. Oh, yeah. And that's the case with the whole movie. Like, it's three hours. It's very long. It almost feels like you're reading a novel. It's interesting that it it was com- a compilation of a lot of short stories. Uh, but, like, it is enthralling at yeah. every fucking moment. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk a lot more about it as the show goes sure. on. Yeah. But she's great. It's a beautiful performance, beautiful movie. Loved her performance. Yeah. Uh, Jane Howdy Shell for The Humans plays the mother in The Humans. Uh, a standout in a movie that I thought had a lot of really good performances, a lot of really good actors, and Amy Schumer were on display in well, The Humans. Humans is going to pop up. Yeah. It'll pop up. Uh, loved, loved, loved her performance there. She gets to do the big breakdown too, like the big like Oscar reel moment sure. midway through the movie when the revelations, the family revelations come to light. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jenkins is doing something a lot quieter and same with, with Schumer and Feldstein. Uh, but yeah, she was, she was the standout for me there. Like a veteran Broadway actress that, uh, I think like finally got a, a role on screen capable of her talents. Mm-hmm. How about this one? Ana de Armas, no time to die. Mm. Best scene in the movie. Best scene. She's good. It's the one scene where you're like, I need more of this person. I guess. Rami Malik, you're like, get this guy off my screen. But you see Ana de Armas and you're like, I need more. I want this to be the movie. I don't know if the performance is that. The scene's really good. I don't know if she's she's fine in that. Like, she's good because it's Ana de Armas and everything she does is great. 
Best supporting act, like she. It's it is a supporting performance through and through. I tried staying closer to that definition. It's more like too. a cameo, <laughs> kind of a cameo. It's not not a lot of not a not much supporting going on there. It's just a brief. Oh, she's supporting. Spurt. There you go. She's You've supporting. Been supporting. She's supporting something in that scene. <laughs> That's very true. Two things being supported. It's that's a very weird choice. <laughs> She's the one where I'm like, I she was the one that starred in the movie that I wanted to see. Ah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Whereas everyone else is starring in a different Bond movie. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. You know? Yeah. I, I wanted more like rat a tat, like I didn't want fucking Bond to cry the whole movie. Like oh, I wanted I that. Well, that's not what we're going for with these these Craig movies. I know. Yeah. But it's not like a like a standout. Per- there are many better like performances from supporting actresses this year. Is it the best performance in that movie? No, I'd actually say Daniel Craig's the best performance. Funny enough, mm. maybe his, maybe female James Bond. Even. Do you like her in that? Yeah, I did. Okay. Anna De Armas is having a lot of fun, and that's what you're responding. Having to. a ton of. She's fun. having a lot of fun. Listen, it's like that's. I wanted that movie. You like the, this this delectable actress, Ada de Armas? <laughs> I wouldn't use that word, but okay. I would. Uh, <laughs> uh, Brenda Dice for Red Rocket, uh, recently deceased, actually. Brenda Dice. Oh. Uh, had done no acting prior to this. Sean Baker is known for like casting uh, average people, yeah. unknowns for his movies, and letting them sort of improvise and be themselves or whatever. She plays the mom of Sean, or not Sean Baker, uh, 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 Simon Rex's wife, Simon Rex's mother-in-law. Uh, she's very good. Didn't very see good. Red Rocket. Yeah. yeah. A movie with, again, a lot of good performances. She was kind of the standout. It, tough to say with some of like these, you know, performances of, of people playing themselves. It's like, you know, a lot of times like in the Safdie Brothers movies, like they'll just cast Kevin Garnett to play Kevin Garnett yeah, or whatever. True. And it's sort of hard to tell where the acting starts and where the real them stops. Uh, but yeah, I really loved her in that. And this is where I, it's a stretch. Okay. I'll, I'll admit. I, well, fuck, Ana de Armas was a stretch, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's, worse. It's, it's a fucking stretch. Did you think about any animated performances? Voice performances. Voice performances. Yeah. No, I didn't. Um, now I'm, I'm scraping the barrel here. What the hell are you talking about? Twenty twenty one. Yes. Well, I'll give you the movie. Okay. The Mitchells versus the Machines. I'm at a loss, bro. Olivia Coleman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Olivia Coleman as the computer algorithm thing. She's delightful in the movie. She is wonderful in that movie. Like, it is a perfect, like, utilizing that person's superpower in a creative and interesting way. (laughs) That I'm sure she she was loving, too, and you can feel it with every single line delivery. It's great. Not a glass of water. (laughs) (laughs) She's hamming it up. For sure, but she's also like playing the charming British disarming yeah. Olivia Coleman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love her in that. It's my favorite thing about that movie, honestly, because I wasn't big on Mitchell's versus the machines. But there's there you go. Every time uh, her character was on the scene, yeah, it's it, the movie was great. It was singing loud and clear. Yeah. <laughs> Were there technically better performances? I suppose. Yeah. Oh, but you <laughs> you are getting cute on I'm this one. Cheeky. A little cheeky. I'm getting a little cheeky. A little cheeky. My winner there is Jane uh, Howdy Shell, though, I think. Okay. Yeah. We'll give it to Jane Howdy Shell. But uh, Toko, a close number two. 
Yeah, th- there is a there is a actress that was not nominated this year that I'm a, I'm actually kind of offended that the Oscars did not nominate. And I knew you were going to say that, so I am allowing you to write the wrong with, with your nomination. She would have made my list had I... Yeah, had It you. doesn't make sense to me. It's actually confusing. Yeah. Okay, but anyway, well, the nominees, just to, to breeze through them real quick. So we have Toko, yeah, Mirua, I don't know how you say it, but Drive My Car, Judy Davis for Knit Ram, and Essie Davis for Knit Ram. Wow. Yeah. Knit Ram. Both excellent in that movie. A movie no one has seen. Except for... Your boy. Except for Adam. Adam Hall. <laughs> Except for fucking Kenny Kahn over there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they are excellent in the movie. One is, one plays a bigger role than the other, but like one one plays the mom, and it's just another confusing role to play in a way, just because the mom is so unmotherly yeah. uh, and just so like like holds up the obligation to be a mom, but you can tell just like really doesn't like her son or, is, or finds her son just tremendously troubling and difficult, and it's just been living with him. Her entire life. And it's just like that. And she does that in such a haunting sort of way. And Essie Davis, I believe it's Essie Davis, uh, is the one who plays his uh, Nit Ram's lover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's a pathetic character. And boy, does she live that one up. Oh, my God. I love her so much in that movie. But um, Can you stream this movie yet? <laughs> you cannot. Wow. I went to like a one, two, three movies or something like that. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's baffling. He, Caleb uh, Andrew Jones won the award at Cannes. Is that right? Yeah, he did. And no one is. Yeah, no one talked about and it. And like, it's just like, yeah, wait, what? Yeah, it's very unusual. Yeah, no one's really like. They don't want to talk about it. I don't know. I mean, I get like the subject matter is kind of rough, but uh, he's so good in the movie. <laughs> and uh, you, I guess yeah, March thirtieth, twenty twenty two is when it's getting a U.S. release. Okay. It was released in Australia, and they just didn't pounce on it. I guess for for Oscar season. Yeah. I mean, like it feels like you should get that you should get that out. You sh- yeah yeah. He was he you know, should put that thing on Hulu or something. I, mean, I guess we'll talk when we get to the best actor category. But we know my feelings on Caleb Landry Jones in that movie. Yes. He's, he's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, and finally, I, I this one was a stretch for me. I I, I felt <sighs> it, maybe this wasn't allowed, but I went for it anyway because it it was on my twenty twenty one list. It it's a nomination for Judas and the Black Messiah. Not allowed. Yeah, but I I did it anyway. So sorry. <sighs> yeah. You know, yeah, you you understand where I'm coming from, though. It's difficult. This these last couple of years were difficult. How many names you got there? Uh, well, I have five, the normal five. Yeah, five total nominees. Yeah, I haven't gotten to the winner yet, but yeah, you have five nominees and then a sixth winner. No, a single winner. So I guess I have four nominees. How many names are on the list? Five. Read them again. Uh, Toko Mirua. Judy Davis, Essie Davis, and then it was going to say Dominique Fishback for Judas and the Black Messiah. She wasn't nominated. <sighs> you know what I mean? She's really good. She's really good in that. You want to do this now? Ugh. Should we do this later? What? Want to do this now? What's happening? Are you mad at me? Want to do this now or you want to do it later? Are you mad at me? I want you to pick your poison. What are you talking about? Would you like me to ream you out now? What? Or would you like me to ream you out later? We could do it later. <laughs> I'm gonna do it now. So here's what happened, guys. What? You may think that we're recording this podcast 
on Sunday, March 21st. Why does this deserve the reaming now? <laughs> Sunday, March 20th. I'm sorry. And you would be wrong if you thought we were recording it on Sunday, March 20th. That's true. Yeah. We started recording it on Sunday, March 20th. That's true. We started recording it after our usual recording of Why Is This a Thing? We began this podcast <laughs> as normal. And then I realized that Adam made the same mistake that he made last year. The exact same mistake. Yep. Care to tell the people what you did last year? Well, I didn't write any nominations. No. (laughs) I told Adam the rules of the game as I laid them out. He agreed to the rules of the game, showed up to record the podcast, and did not have an entire slate of nominees. Instead, he had just one winner for each category. That's right. (laughs) Now, listen. You make that mistake once, fair enough. So I last year politely told Adam, well, how about you go do the game the way you're supposed to do the game. Do as you're told and come here with a full slate of nominees and then we'll record on another day. But I don't understand why Dominic Fishback is, Listen! Inst- is instigating Listen! this. Explain Listen! yourself. <laughs> this year he gets here. We record 25 minutes of nice banter at the top. Talking about all the movies you recently saw. Yes. <laughs> It was cordial. It was. It was nice. And what you did not hear cut out of the final recording of this podcast is us beginning the best supporting actor category. And again, Adam walking in with his dick in his hands, as tiny and minuscule as it may be. It's quite small. With freaking tweezers <laughs> holding the damn thing. So I lose it on Adam. I say, get the hell out of my house. <laughs> Two years in a row you did this shit. Read the instructions. And turns out you didn't even do that after getting reamed out the second time. What are you talking about? Didn't even do that because what I told you was that no movies released before March 1st of last year were eligible for this list, Adam Hall. I see. Yeah, I didn't listen. You didn't even read it again. (laughs) Well, too bad. (laughs) I want you to come up with a fifth one right now. I want you to come up with a fifth nominee on the spot. Twice. Twice you did it. Well, that would be my my uh yeah my fifth. Twice. Oh, that's dumb. Didn't did it pop? March first of last year, the Oscar season was postponed. If you recall, I do remember that. It was a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> but that's why the Oscars are wrong. It's three the, times. It's the anti-Oscars. Three times. It's the anti-Oscars. Three times. There you go. Would okay. you like to put Rebecca Ferguson in for Dune? Sure. Good. <laughs> How about you start that again? Go ahead. Your nominees for Best Supporting Actress. So Dominique Fishback for Judas and the Black Messiah. Great performance. Great performance. Uh, Toko. He liter- she literally made my list last year. <laughs> literally made my five last year. For the anti-Oscars? Yes. Oh, wow. Oscars. Yeah, see, that's, see, this is why it, it was, was only ten months ago. It was confusing. It wasn't that long ago. It was that. It was so long ago. That's weird coming from you. <laughs> 10 months is a long time for Nico DiGregorio. You tattoo these to the inside <laughs> of your eyelid. Like I, I, Here's what Adam will do. Adam will, <laughs> in a random moment when we're hanging out, just oh. like reference a throwaway joke I made seven years ago, like at a party that I barely remember attending. Like, he'll just, like, throw these things out of nowhere, and I'll be like, damn, how did that stick in your head? And then I'll tell him something, like, 
two days before we're to record and he totally fucking forgets it. And I don't understand what part of your brain is being exercised and which part is being ignored. <laughs> it's kind of like how you see the guys at the gym that only do upper body and skip leg day. Uh, so they have like the giant fucking muscles above their waist and then like chicken legs underneath. Oh, that's terrible. That's kind of what you're doing to your memory. It's like you have all of this like distant memory, but in the short term, you can't remember shit. Are you suffering early dementia? Possibly. Is that what's happening? <laughs> I do definitely do better with long-term memory than short-term memory, which I don't I don't understand, but yeah, that's true. In the instructions. Here's the thing. Just even, read the instructions. Even, I probably would have just... You're not reading any books at the moment. I'm sure you I can I am just, reading books, actually. I actually probably would have still done Judas and the Black Messiah, though, even if I was well aware of the March thing. I just wouldn't have looked up like when that movie was released. <laughs> <sighs> I just knew it came out in 2021. <laughs> so I would have been like, ah, okay. Who's your winner? Oh, it's uh, Ruth Nega. Okay. For passing. Huh. You missed one. Did I? You did. Well, it's R- Ruth Nega. You missed one. Yeah, who is it? <laughs> Catherine Hunter. Yeah, it's no, it's Ruth Nega. <laughs> Catherine Hunter doesn't get a nomination for you. Yeah, I missed that one, but it's Ruth Nega. <laughs> wow. All right, tell me about Nega. Holy shit, she's fucking good in this movie. Wow. Just like unidentifiable and just like the most charming, pure thing. It's weird because she's, she's like, I always view this character as like, like this, this template for like innocence that's been forced to be warped for years and years and years. And it's so heartbreaking to see her behave the way that she does. Mm. But then it's very interesting to watch her try to break out of that. And because of the lifestyle she's dug herself into, it just creates more problems. And how she responds to that is so interesting and layered. And she's so uh, guarded and vulnerable all at the same time. I just And she's... She's just like, again, this is a perfect idea of this character that you're supposed to be questionable of, but you can't help but love at the same time. And she just plays that so smartly. Oh, God. God I'm, I'm, it, was, it was one of those roles where it was like so obviously like the winner. I saw it and it's like, boom, there's the winner for Best Supporting Actress. How could you possibly think otherwise? And she's been getting like no love. I guess she got a little bit of love. She was a notable snub when the Oscars uh, were announced. Yeah. Uh, a lot of, of those snubs and surprises articles put her on it because i think she got a golden globe nomination too and it was yeah i think as you said one of those like holy shit moments yeah yeah, yeah. from last year insanely insane like an unforgettable kind of performance you know yeah but i'll I'll replace rebecca ferguson with katherine hunter though does that make you better i can do that yeah there you go i i I didn't put katherine hunter on there because i figured you were gonna do it okay yeah katherine hunter and another kind of glorified cameo but like Still, but that's a much better fucking performance that makes a much better fucking impression than fucking Ana de Armas. <laughs> I thought Coleman was gonna get the rise out of you, not Christ. Ana de Armas. No, because like, what is it? It's just a, it's just a random role of a girl in a dress shooting fucking guns. It's true. <laughs> it does, she doesn't do anything but in the so alluring. In the scene, it's like nothing. It's it's a fine scene, but she's just like it's the best scene of the movie. It's a character that's just having fun. You could argue the third act's the best scene of the movie. It's not though. It it might be uh, uh, that, yet another evil island with whatever the, that that one take up the, the ladders poison, and the grenades with that's the poison good king. Shit. It, well, it's James fucking Bond. <laughs> no, but like, sure, it's James Bond, but like, make it sexy. Like, don't what? <laughs> As James Bond's not sexy. Uh, Bond is sexy. Bond's but, very sexy. Yeah, I don't know. I I think like the way that I thought about this category is because a lot of times when you watch the Oscars now. Category fraud will sort of mess with the 
the nominations. So you like you have Viola Davis winning Best Supporting Actress for Fences, even though she is second to Denzel, if not the main character in that movie. Mm-hmm. And even last year with Judas and the Black Messiah, like yeah. Daniel Kaluuya got a got Best Supporting Actor there, kind of the lead in that movie. Uh, and Lakeith Stanfield also got a Supporting Actor nomination. So. Uh, I I wanted to sort of nominate characters that were in the spirit of supporting actor where they had like very little screen time and did the most with it. You know, not just sort of glorified leads and on a day Armas. Yeah, you can call it a cameo, but like she is definitely making the most of the least amount of screen time that she has. You know what I'm saying? I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I, I, I felt like I could probably, I could maybe say that about Ray Fiennes. He's really good in that movie. He's good in it, yeah. 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 She's just barely a presence, though. I don't know. She's not that She's not that memorable. I wanted that to be the whole movie. <laughs> and I think, like, that is the mark of a great supporting performance. It's just very. Is it a stretch? Obviously. Yes, it's very over the top. It's like, she's good in the movie. I just don't think it's, like, that great of a scene. It's fine. She's fine. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Catherine Hunter though very good. A good, a good Ana de Armas supporting performance is her as Joy in Blade Runner twenty forty nine. That's a legitimately great performance. That's a that's a real supporting actress performance right there. Did you see her Marilyn Monroe biopic got an NC seventeen rating? Ooh, wait, a, she is she playing Marilyn Monroe? She is indeed. When's that coming? Blonde, out? directed by Andrew Dominic. <gasps> what? Oh shit! I know. Oh well, that's why it's getting the NC seventeen rating. Try to contain yourself. Wow. <laughs> well, I'm gonna go see that movie. Going straight to Netflix, I think. I'm gonna go. See, I'm gonna go see it because I believe it's gonna be a good movie. That's why. Yeah, yeah. that's why I'm gonna see it. Yeah, no other reason. Uh, <laughs> can't think of any other one. No, no. <laughs> Not a day, Armas. <laughs> Goodness gracious! Jesus Christ! All right. Move it on. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, any other uh, ones that just missed the cut for you? Nah, I, I didn't really think about the ones that really just missed the cut. I, I guess you know, I, I was I thought about um, uh, um, Rebecca Ferguson, and I really like her in Doom, but yeah, she she's not quite there. I, honestly, I, I I'll see when that came out. A lot of people said that she was the standout, and like I think she's good in the movie, but I think she was like. I, I I honestly like Timothy Chalamet. Like that performance as well has grown on me way more than when I first saw it too. I think she's good. She's kind of one note. One note is yeah, and it makes sense. I mean the the notes flare in appropriate scenes when they're supposed to, but the character is supposed to be very controlled and muted a lot of the time. Yep. And yeah, it's a lot of the heavy breathing and crying a and whispering and a lot of whispering and. It, yeah. It it, it it works in a way, but it's just not as compelling as, you know, some of these other ones. Yeah. Uh, Riley Koch for Zoa missed the list for me. Uh, uh, Alicia Vikander as well in The Green Knight. That movie will be brought up at a later point in this podcast, uh, but she's good. She has a dual role in that. Uh, Mia Wachowski for Bergman Island. Quite good. Gabby Hoffman, as I said. Kate Blanchett is, I think, again... In the version of Nightmare Alley that I wanted to see. And it doesn't feel like anyone else in the oh movie was on her wavelength. Nope. So that is, you know, not a great performance and not a great movie. But I, I, I do think like a standout, a notable standout. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and then I had, yeah, uh, Gabby Hoffman. Uh, Thomas and McKenzie in old. I think, like... <laughs> Thomas and McKenzie's better in fucking Last Night in Soho. I disagree bro. with that. What? I disagree. <laughs> she sucks an old bro. It's fucking awful. That was the weird thing about watching uh, Last Night in Soho. I was like, oh, you can act? Wow. See, That's I cool. thought... Because I, I thought she fucking blew I'm an old. I'm watching that, and I'm like, okay, you're kind of like... 
yeah, you're you're playing your character in old, but like in a, <laughs> in a serious way. What is her, her character? My point is, is like totally she always different. feels like she's twelve. That's my point. Like she talks like a twelve year old. She has like a baby face. Like I have a hard time buying her as a college student. Yeah, I do weirdly buy her as a six year old that becomes a. 20 something let's just get something straight i don't buy anything about that movie okay and i certainly don't buy her trying to act that role because you can't do it it's your movie's impossible that it's a hell of an experience for a movie but nothing about that movie's all that good <laughs> and that was your number 10 of the year you fucker <laughs> more on that later uh okay best cinematography you want to do uh, that now yeah yeah okay your nominees at the Oscars, Dune, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, The Tragedy of Macbeth, and West Side Story. All pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all pretty good. All pretty good. What were your nominees? Nominees were Edward Graw for Passing. Uh-huh. Very good. Black and white photography. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Ellie Aronson for Lamb, one of the best looking films of the year and just kind of an okay movie, but worth talking about. Very, very good. Beautiful, beautiful film. Got to see that lamb. Yeah. <laughs> you won't like it, but it's, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Check it out. I don't okay. care. <laughs> uh, Andrew draws Palermo for The Green Knight. I had that as well on mine. Yep. Lowell Crawley for The Humans. Good cinematography. Yes. Yeah, very good cinematography. Captures a part of the day that I don't think is captured all too often on film, yep. which is that sort of like, Overcasty, bluish, like horrifying time. It's horrifying for like because it's you've just got out of work, but you still have to do stuff. That's my feeling about it. It's like right. you can't relax just yet. It's like four, five, six o'clock. We still have to do something, but what the hell do we do? Yeah, it's like you're trying to grasp on of the waning hours of the day. <laughs> yeah. We literally we're in that time right now. Yeah, I, I decided to come do a fucking podcast. Exactly. <laughs> It's a weird time to do anything. It just missed my list, but I thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very good. Uh, but the winner is Ruben Impens for Titan. Ah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Striking movie, huh? Oh, yeah. Very striking movie. You could say that again. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very, you know, odd colors and, and, and sometimes avant-garde cinematography, but like a great mood piece and strange and beautiful kind of alien is a kind of a good way to describe the way this movie looks half the time yeah yeah it's just i just thought it was incredibly striking and and it's a perfect kind of like like visceral like digital look that kind of works well for this like overbearing world that's created yeah yeah i uh i will say the cinematography looked great, but it's also what scared me away from watching that movie at oh, various okay. points. Interesting. Like there, there have been a couple nights where I'm like, oh, I should flip on T-Tad now. Yeah. And then I just sort of, I, I remember some of those images in the trailer and I think <laughs> I'm not ready. <laughs> like There's it just like, seems like an assault on the senses. Oh, it, it is. It is. It's yeah. not quite like Gaspar Noe, but it is like a, a, a film where it's like. Not maybe not every scene, but every other scene is just the most unforgettable imagery. I just have like like two hundred like like still frames in my head now that I will never forget because of that movie. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Uh, my nominees: Licorice Pizza, well shot movie. Yeah. PTA shoots good movies. Yeah. The Green Knight. Spencer. Yeah, I was thinking about it too. Really good looking movie. Interesting use of the photography, like the distorted sort of color scheme of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a it's an unusual movie. It's the kind of movie that you don't 
see all too often just in terms of its look like it it reminded me a lot of um of, of michael mann's collateral which they shot like, oh, in, in that weird digital yeah. grainy film stock i see what you mean yeah i love the look of that movie and it's all you know also kind of like softly lit kind of reminded me of the shining at the same time yep and also on a plot level it's very much in the vein of the shining that's true yeah that's true uh the aforementioned last night in soho okay not a great movie good looking though yeah really good looking loved that trailer trailer better than the movie a movie sort of <laughs> yeah that was unfortunate yeah. i i do like the movie i don't i don't it's not a film that i i i i walked away from like pissed off or, or even all that disappointed i just knew like oh yeah that wasn't great but it was fun enough yeah i still concede that it's probably edgar wright's worst film though so cursed by its trailer Someone made a great point, and I can't believe I didn't think about it. It's like the problem with Edgar Wright recently is that he's been divorced from Simon Pegg. And it's like, yeah, just from the writing side of things. I think uh, Simon Pegg does that as a certain character and flair and and a great sense of uh, timing with the comedy that's just not quite there when Edgar Wright's all by himself. Yeah. Yeah. Red Rocket, a sweaty Texas, hard-boiled aesthetic on display there. Looked like it. Yeah, very hot. It's one of those movies you watch it and it's like, I am sweating right now. <laughs> Not because it's sexy, but because it's literally hot. It's like someone turned the AC on in here. Uh, really good. Uh, my winner is The Green Knight. I just think The Green Knight, uh, and, and maybe I'm getting a little too like film Twittery in my appreciation of individual shots, but there were some frames in the movie where I'm like, hang that thing on a wall. And that may not be the definition of great cinematography, uh, depends who you ask, but it like to me it was just like cinema porn with some of those shots, the the blood sort of gushing on the ground and the shots of the forest and like all of it was just like man, this looks great. Did it equal like a like a a, a cohesive sort of thing? I don't I don't know. I love that movie. I think it was one of the best of the year. Um, but yeah, just like as a fan of shots. <laughs> Big fan of the cinematography and the Green Knight. This is a first for you because you've actually come down on that before. That I idea have. of like, oh yeah, cool, you can hang it in your room, but does that make a good cinematography? The answer is no. Correct. Uh, but it doesn't mean that. Yeah, a lot of those shots are quite memorable. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. For me, it's it's it, it's not. Yeah, I can't believe it, like we're so different on this movie. Cause <laughs> I, I know. Just, I just like yeah, like I like the, I do like the cinematography, hence why I nominated it. But yeah. Not even as good as Lamb, in my opinion. Wow. <laughs> Seriously. Because Lamb is like, oh, my God, look at how beautiful these fucking vistas are. <laughs> like, there's a shot where the, the father figure is in the fog and he's running in a marsh. And it's just like, how did you get that shot? It looks so good. It doesn't last very long. It's like one unbroken shot. And he's 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 completely drenched. and He's screaming out for his kid. And it's. Just really haunting, but really good. Yeah. And I will say I'm not usually a fan of four by three. Oh, yeah. But I think they make it work here. Yeah, they do. I like the four by three. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with it, too. Yeah. Off with your head. That's a guy I thought about as supporting actor, too, as he, the Green Knight. Yeah, that actor's great. Yeah. He's got that voice. I love that voice. And every it's so distinct. Well, off with your head. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now uh, this is a last minute edition for me just because I thought we should take this time to educate the people on what good film editing is because the Oscars <laughs> won't be doing that. They'll they? be relegating this category to the commercials. 
Well, they got one. Dune is the best edited film of the year. Very well edited. It's fucking genius. Yes. I, I've, I've gone now that I have the movie at my disposal. I've watched just just studied the editing of the pain box scene. And holy shit, I've never considered any of those choices before. I fucking love the editing in that movie. And if it doesn't win, it's a fucking travesty. It's great, great genius editing. But they also nominated Don't Look Up. <laughs> Here are your nominees. As you said, Dune, Don't Look Up, which is the worst edited movie Fucking of the year. Fucking blows, man. Blows. God, like, <laughs> you could teach that in film school as what not to do, particularly with the... A comet is coming. Flash to in giant bold text. Comet is coming. Literally like After Effects text on the screen. It looks, so bad. It is the they didn't happy- even download a new template. No. They didn't even download a new font. <laughs> is this a real place? Freeze frame. Here's the logo as it swings in and bops a little bit. Like, no. God damn it. What is this? Amateur hour. <laughs> it sucks so bad. But I think, as we said, like because most of the Academy are actors and producers and not craftspeople, they tend to award the most editing. Yeah, there's uh, yeah, there's lots of editing as opposed to the best editing. That's why Bohemian Rhapsody infamously won best editing a few years ago, having some of the worst editing I've ever seen in a movie. Yep. Period. Yep. But it did the most. So Joe Walker, the editor of Dune, has talked pretty disparagingly about that very subtly on the Deacons pod where he's like where he, he's it was it was blatantly obvious when he said he's like, I don't want to name any names, but the movie that won last year is just like the worst edited film I've ever seen. I don't want to name any names, but <laughs> the you movie can look that up won what won last, last year. I was like, well, well, <laughs> <laughs> gee, I wonder what it could be. <laughs> Yeah, it's just horrible. Uh, tick, tick, boom. I guess is yeah, it's fine. One. Again, like it's a it's a frenetic movie. A lot is going on in it. Substitute. Uh, I do like that line. Yeah. Uh, Power of the dog. Fine. I guess. I think like editing. I mean, yeah, it's a well edited film, but it doesn't. Editing is. I could edit that movie. Right. Yeah. It's <laughs> again like because editing is sort of the hardest thing to discern. Yeah. The. The the movies that are in best picture contention often get uh, nominations here. I don't think in the last 10 years, I think that's the stat, a best picture winner has not been nominated in best editing. Really? Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's just an example of that there. Uh, And then King Richard, which is not a movie that I thought about the editing of at all. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Here are my nominees. These are five good edited movies. Drive My Car. Yeah. It's the first thing I thought about. That scene, and I was talking to you about this over text, where they're driving to the girl's hometown, and you have like this weird shot of like the tunnel that they're passing through, but it's in reverse. So you're watching like essentially yeah. the angle of the back of the car go through this tunnel, like it's a descent to hell almost. Like we're we're exploring these people's psyches and how they're descending into madness because so much tragedy has happened in their life. Then smash cut to the fucking scene of the guy looking over the ferry into the ocean. Like that cut alone was like, oh my God. Oh yeah. In a movie that is so deliberate. And so patient. And then we just get, you know, this striking shot, but it feels intentional. It doesn't feel out of place. Wakes you up, gives you like a jolt of energy in the third act of this. 
Also, like, the way this movie sort of holds on a face. Like, holding on a shot is not a bad thing. We've talked about this in the past. No. I, like, you know, as long as the pacing is consistent, you can hold on shots. Well, it's a, it's a yeah, no, I, and I've said this before. Like, just because it's slow, that doesn't mean it's a slog. That doesn't mean it doesn't work. And that doesn't mean it's inconsistent. I went on, like, I just, like, again, I hate to bring a Blade Runner again, but one of the things that I, I've talked with, with people many, many times about is how much I love Joe Walker's work on 2049 for that very reason. Yeah. For that similar, incredibly deliberate care with when you make a cut and how long you hold on a wide or how how often you choose to do a reverse shot and stuff like that. And I mean, editing is such a complicated thing, but you're usually like cutting for like feeling almost. Yes. You're trying to both uh, spool out the story and cut it in a way that elicits a proper emotional response, which is very difficult to explain and comprehend and it's hard you know when you're doing it but also you're not trying to undersell your actors no like you're trying to showcase what they're doing while also like using the camera and a lot of times what will happen is a cut will sort of it'll undersell what the actor is doing because the editor doesn't have enough confidence in that person's face doing the work. Yeah. Oh, exactly. You know? Which is what I when I love when they realize that that, that like the, the moment itself sings better when you just let that that emotion present itself in something like Blade Runner and of course Drive My Car. Yeah. That's a great choice, but it's an unconventional choice for that reason because right. the editing is yes, it's not. But even some of the shot selection too, yeah. like in moments where you think you're going to get a reaction, no, like you're going to get an over the shoulder reaction, you hold on the person talking. Like there are so many times where I think, okay, the, this character is is explaining something about the main character's wife. So we should obviously be looking at the, the widow. Like we should be mm-hmm. looking at the guy having the emotional response. Instead, we're focused on the guy that isn't. And so we get like this this sort of interesting point of view in that scene where I'm in the head of the person that I'm supposed to be paying attention to, even if I'm not looking at his face. You know, there's a lot of stuff like that where it's like, Oh, maybe like I would have cut to this person at that moment, but I'm not as good a director and I'm not as good an editor as these guys are. And they ended up making the right choice. It's particularly true when he discovers his wife. Yeah. Cheating. Yeah. Where it's like a similar, yeah. The point of view where, where it's like you do, you do like conceive the scene and you can imagine like, like cutting to a shot of like the, the wife as they're doing the thing. And, um, and the, someone says, Oh, what was that noise or something stupid like that? It's like, Oh, don't worry about it. And they keep going. Yeah. Whereas like, we don't really need that. <laughs> and we definitely don't need that. The scene plays much better in that sort of like, except, Oh God, that's such a pathetic scene, but so sad. But for that reason, this movie absolutely wrecked me, dude. I'll just say, yeah, it did. It's great. It wrecked me. I was a puddle at the end. This is one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. Yeah, it's great. Like also, you know me. I'm all oftentimes contemplating mortality and like our legacy and things. And this, yeah, definitely got me thinking in a not so comfortable way. I was distraught by the end of this yeah it's a tough movie it's yeah. one of the more challenging films i've ever seen yeah for that for that reason though it just forces you to come to terms with a lot of things that you're not you're maybe you're not supposed to <laughs> yeah. but uh, damn does it work for just scenes like that alone definitely does uh west side story i think spielberg is super fucking underrated and the craftspeople that he work with that he works with are often the best at what they do and really hard to cut a musical Really hard, really hard to like nail the rhythm of it while not being too showy. And I mean, just top to bottom, West Side Story should be in contention for all of these and, you know, should get a nomination there. Uh, Worst person in the world. Well edited movie. Okay. 
here's the deal. There's a lot of soundtrack in the movie, not a lot of score. No. You know, there's a lot of like needle drops that are that are interesting. And like I, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter rave about the playlist, uh, the worst person in the world playlist. Uh, but it's a movie that relies a lot on the editing to sort of move it along. It doesn't rely too much on the score to do that work for you. And so quiet movies are harder to edit than loud movies are. And that that's like sort of the opposite of West Side Story. It's a movie that creates its own momentum without, you know, overbearing the audience too much. Uh, the Novice, well oh, edited, yeah. Yeah. super well edited. Yeah. I wouldn't know. Tight, like Whiplash, same sort of thing, which was a movie that also won Best Editing, I think. Uh, yeah, uh, the the uh, the director is a first time director. She was previously a, a sound engineer, so she has a lot of you know knowledge about the intricacies, the precision of cinema. So, novice, very well edited, underrated movie. Everyone should see it. Uh, and then my winner, believe it or not, Adam Hall. Before you go any further, yes, uh, is this a? Like, let me just think about what it could be. Uh-huh. It's not. Was it released on Netflix by any chance? It was not released on Netflix. It was not. Okay. No. no. So it's not the one I'm thinking of. It's a movie that I did not like. Oh. But a movie that, <laughs> and a director, I should say that, should be the front runner for this award every time he makes a movie. Okay. The man's name is Wes Anderson, and the winner of best editing editing for me is The French Dispatch, which is interesting. An impossible undertaking. Every time, like his editors must like contemplate suicide every time they're in the edit bay with this guy. Why? Who demands so much out of them? Like, I don't think people realize you can do a lot of the work, you know, in terms of framing and in terms of like, you know, continuity on set. But the bulk of it has to be in the edit bay. Mm There is no Wes Anderson movie that looks that precise, that looks that exact before the first cut oh yeah like there's so much matching up you have to do so much detail that you have to pay attention to like everything has to be exactly on the beat everything has to be you know note for note for note perfect mm-hmm. uh and just like in terms of level of difficulty <laughs> you you never see the seams in a in, in a wes anderson movie yeah that's true i think the only uh Movie of his that has gotten a nomination in film editing was Grand Budapest Hotel. And didn't win, did it? No. And I don't think it won that year. Interesting. And Whipl- I, I, I know for a fact Whiplash yeah, won that year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, He does not have a best editing win. I hate Wes Anderson as much as the next guy. You know that. But you have to credit these poor editors that are <laughs> slave away in the edit bay. Who's the next guy, by the way? <laughs> uh, what do you mean next guy as much as the ne- I hate Wes Anderson as much as the next guy there's not many next guys on that list good point <laughs> you asshole good point. French Dispatch congrats Wes that's a fine choice yeah I kind of like that you get an anti-Oscar from your from your boy Nico from your good pal Nico cool that's 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 unexpected trying to shock me I can see <laughs> with some of these my winner yeah interesting yeah not 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 my choice but uh I have a few kind of like that, I guess. I have uh, Jean-Christophe Bouzy. I don't know how you say that name. For Titan, again. Man, Titan just cleaning up. Fucking rules. At the Adam Oscars. Yeah, yeah I, like, I like that movie. It's all right. Yeah. Uh, for similar reasons, like you mentioned, Michael Kahn and Sarah Brashar for West Side Story. Uh-huh. Again, just like you, you, you watch that first 
um, uh, West Side Story, and you don't think a, a film like you don't think like the next film is possibly going to top like the synchronicity of that one and just the perfect timing of everything. And you also don't expect the next movie to do it in its own way, but Spielberg manages to figure that out and in, in, in such an interesting manner. And that's the thing about this movie is that it has its own unique energy and its own sense of timing that is still almost equally as as lively and lovely to watch. And I just can't get enough of it. It's 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 really great. Honestly, some of the year's best work, but well, yeah, I can't believe it wasn't no- nominated. But. Yeah, weird snub there. Yeah. This is kind of a weird one. I, I don't know if I agree with this, but like, it's kind of like fine. I put licorice pizza on there. It's like, yeah. eh, it's okay. You know, again. Just PTA like, movies always yeah, proficient. Like, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Uh, here's a weird one. I put Bo Burnham's Inside. Oh, word. What? It's... It's a yeah. well edited movie. There because- we go. I didn't think about it because I thought of it more as a TV special. So it yeah. missed all the, the list. That's a good point, though. Yeah. It's like, well, if I'm going to give Bo Burnham the award for anything, that is a feat of editing. <laughs> Holy shit. That, that guy nearly killed himself over editing that thing. You know, and I, I, I don't love the special as much as everybody else, especially now that yeah. we've gotten fairly past COVID. And you can kind of look at that as a time capsule piece and look at the guy and just be like, calm the fuck down, bro. <laughs> but. Hmm. Uh, the amount of creativity with that editing is unlike anything else this year. Not to say that it's necessarily the best edited film, but it's, um, Jesus Christ, what would you call that? It's the most... <laughs> is it the thing bursting with the most creativity? I would say so, yeah. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah, it's one of the... I was thinking about it yeah. not too long ago, too. Like, there are some things like creative things usually they're on youtube sometimes it's it's on the big screen oh this is a good point yeah where it's like i'm jealous because it's close enough to something i could make yeah even though i know i'm never gonna make it like i'm not jealous of the godfather because i know i'm never gonna aspire to make the godfather because i i can't i'm not capable of doing it i did kind of feel this way about inside to a degree whereas inside it's like oh that is sort of something i could do but I know that I'm not doing it and therefore like I'm more jealous of it because it's because I knew exactly how he did basically everything in the movie. Yeah, it's in my strike zone. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But it's just like the sheer number of tricks in this movie and the fact that there are basically no seams to the to the tricks. Yes, it's just it it really is an astonishing feat. like the the amount of rigor that he had to go through to put all this together and to make it cohesive. Right. Even though like it's technically if you look at it like from afar, it's like a fucking pastiche of everything you could imagine but it somehow kind of makes sense yeah. you're just in this weird insane headspace and i totally get it yeah and yeah it's it's crazy that's a good call it's crazy but yeah i i, I quite like it that's a good call no no not the best not the best edited for me oh no no i <laughs> you know Get, these guys, or this guy, has deserved an award for a long time in this category. I lifetime achievement. Yes, this is a lifetime achievement. Incoming, award. okay. Incoming. The award for best film editing goes to this guy named Reginald Yanes and Lucian Johnston for a little film called The Tragedy of Macbeth. Ah. Who's that Reginald Yanes? Well, it's Ethan. Or no, it's not Ethan. Well, usually it is, but it's Joel Cohen this time. Ah. Singular Joel Cohen. It, yeah, there's one of his pseudonyms. Usually it's Roderick Yanes. Uh-huh. But yeah, Roderick Yanes does not really exist. He gave himself two pseudonyms? It, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious about that second one. Because it's just, you can't, I, I, I wasn't, I don't know about that one. <laughs> 
<laughs> That'd be pretty baller, That's though. Funny. <laughs> I'm crediting myself as a duo. Yeah. <laughs> but Reg, yeah, really, it's it, the award is more for uh, uh, Joel Cohen than 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 anybody else in this one, just because I love the way the Coens edit their films and how carefully constructed the editing usually is around their scripts. Yeah. But God, is that stuff succinct and kind of what goes going back to what I talked talked to earlier, where it's like they kind of know very very well how to cut on a, a, a an emotional moment better than most directors. Because I have seen films where the the writing was done by the Coens, but something about the filmmaking was off, and there was like a line delivery that didn't quite work, and you can. Tell it's because it wasn't edited by the Coens and it's like well if you cut to a single at this point to yeah. respond to this weird line of dialogue yeah. you might have sold that moment right. but then the but the, the the directors handling their material don't know how to do that yeah the Coens do they have an editing win they have so many uh, nominations but they've never won yeah damn and I just thought, yeah, I just thought there again. Similarly, no seams in this movie, for, in terms of editing. That is one thing the Coens always do well. They always edit their movies well, yeah. and that's because they came up as Sam Raimi's editor. So that's true, yeah. they have, you know, that's that's their trade. That's their first trade. Yeah, good call. Uh, Sam, uh, Lucian Johnston, real guy. Okay. Uh, editor of some films called Hereditary and Midsommar. I see it. <laughs> eh, there. Oh wow. Wow, 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 wow. Three wow. editing credits. Holy shit. For, uh, Luce and Johnston. Good for him. And it's those three movies. Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> I love, that's pretty cool. Not too shabby. Yeah. Uh, okay. There we go. Let's move on. Best original screenplay. Oh, I'm excited for this one. <laughs> I go out there on this. I'm, I'm warning you right now. Oh, yeah. The Oscar nominees. Oh. Belfast by Kenneth Branagh. Eh. Don't Look Up by Adam McKay. Kill me. Oh, God, I can't believe they nominated that one. King Richard by Zach Balin. <sighs> okay. Licorice Pizza. All right. By cool. Paul Thomas Anderson. Cool. I think The Front Runner. That better win. And The Worst Person in the World. World. Joachim yeah. Trier and Eskel Vogt. That's a good one. Nice to see. I, I like those two. Worst Person in the World gets some love. Yeah, I'm yeah. cool with that. Uh, I think for the most part, though, pretty shitty category. Yeah. Here are my nominees. Oh, Lord. Actually, no, uh, your turn. Go. Your turn. No, no. You're going first. Fine. Unless you're sure yours are wackier than mine. I only got one wacky one. Okay. (laughs) Well, one and a half. Uh, Michael Sarnofsky for Pig. Okay. Gets a nomination for me. Me too. Yeah. Kind of an underrated script now. Now it is. I mean, no, that's. Because Cage has been getting a lot of the credit for that movie. Deservedly so. But it is a. Great script. I mean, I've I've always thought that th- that movie like holds more strong on its writing than almost anything else. I mean, of course, the Cage performance, but that's a movie that where through its script is just asking so many interesting questions. Some excellent monologuing. Just the most again, and just so not like not mean or or, or all that like. I mean, it's crushing, but like gently so, if that makes sense. Yeah. And there's just such a beauty to the way the film kind of breaks your heart. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's all that writing. It's great. Uh, Paul Schrader for the card counter. <laughs> Fuck you. Listen. Fuck you. Sometimes bro. you gotta just play your game. I know. You know? I don't know. And and you let gotta, gotta, let the audience be damned. Like sometimes Russell Westbrook just has to average a triple double and just, and just take it to the hoop and just get ten turnovers a game. Sometimes you have to say, fuck the haters, I'm I'm being me. <laughs> and Schrader's just like, at this point in his life, I'ma be me. Just does the same thing. I'ma be <laughs> over me. Over and over. <laughs> these are these questions have been there since taxi driver. <laughs> 
<laughs> Card counter, man. Just fucking go into the paint, dude. Jesus. Go to the paint and make that fucking money, Paul Schrader. Oh, my God. Uh, Bergman Island. Mia Hansen. Love. I love nesting doll movies. I love movies within movies. I, oh, yeah, yeah. I like that whole premise. I like that. You know, you can have one story and then you're suddenly following another story. And I, I, I like that sort of delicate balance. Uh, Bergman Island. Really good screenplay. Love the structure of the whole thing. Also really like the dialogue. Good, like, married couple fighting dialogue. Uh, underrated movie. That is a movie that not enough people are talking about. Should have got more Oscar love. And I'm mad that it didn't. This this is the perfect spot to nominate something like Bergman Island. Instead, we're messing around with Don't Look Up. Fucking Don't Look Up. I can't, this nonsense. Can't believe that got anything. Show Bergman Island some love. God damn it. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. I apologize, uh, but Nico gonna Nico. Okay, Aaron Sorkin for being the Ricardos. Good rat a tat. Brought me back to the West Wing. Brought me back to the newsroom. You brought me back to the uh, to, to sports night. Aaron Sorkin in just workplace sitcom mode. Christ. Just giving me a workspace where where these people bicker with each other. And it's like, I want to watch five seasons of this. Does it work as a movie? Absolutely not. (laughs) Should Aaron Sorkin direct movies? No, definitely shouldn't. And is the ending some of the worst shit I've seen all year? Absolutely. But you like that writing. It brought me back to that uh, his sweet spot. God damn it. Brought me back. I hoped you wouldn't do it. Brought me back to the sweet you're, spot. You're such a... Uh, this is where he belongs. Go back to NBC, Aaron Sorkin. God, he's such a degenerate. Give me like a Frasier reboot or something. Nico, you are a degenerate gambler with these people. Works, workspace he, banter. He's going back to his coke. The guy's got patter, <laughs> man. The guy can patter. Walk so many walk and talks. You know how long it's been since I've seen an Aaron Sorkin walk and talk. How long? Oh, since like 2007. I'm ashamed. It's been a year. Well, I guess Steve Jobs had a lot of walking and talking. It did. That's a good movie. Yeah, but I'm deeply ashamed. Walk and talks. I'm so sad. <laughs> I, I haven't seen the movie, so I'm not. I'm not. It's honestly, not good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not honestly passing judgment. But there's a bit of me that was like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. An Aaron Sorkin film did come out this year, yeah. and I, as far as I can tell, Nico kind of likes Aaron Sorkin. Uh, I do. <laughs> really do but if he nominates this thing i really do i think i liked it better than trial of the chicago seven and molly's game okay yeah i i've grown to kind of hate trial of the chicago seven it's not good yeah but again that's because he's going for i mean he always does his big political monologues or whatever but that is a movie that is way too weighty and like has the world on its shoulders and then it ends up falling flat we're here yeah, the stakes are low. That makes more sense, like because I don't think he has the technical prowess to to deal with a subject like Trial of the Chicago Seven. That's part of the issue. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't know who who do you give that movie to? Uh, I mean, literally anyone. Give it know. to Sidney Lumet if he was still alive. That'd yeah, right. Or or like uh... literally anybody. <laughs> 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 give it to Adam McKay. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Wow. Yeah. No. Wow. Wow. That's so. What's your winner? Oh, I have one more nominee. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. I like to laugh. I like comedies. Yeah. Did we overlap on this? I don't know. Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Okay. By Kristen Wiig and Annie Malolo. Okay. Mumolo. Annie Mumolo. All right. The titular Barb and Star. They also write the movie. 
think it's their first collaboration since Bridesmaids. This is an interesting choice. Uh, fucking hilarious. It is hilarious. Cult classic. <laughs> yeah. Immediately. That's true. Yeah. Im- it just like like the second you see it, it's like this is this is going to be underappreciated in its time, and in ten years, is going to be reclaimed as a masterpiece. Well, it just looks so goddamn stupid. You yes. see, you see the, the the poster of that thing, and you're like, keep that as far away from me as possible. Keep it in Vista Del Mar, as yes. they say. Yeah. But no, the movie's great. <laughs> I've grown to love that movie more and more by the day. I love jokes. Yeah, this is a funny. This is one of the funniest comedies in a long time. <laughs> in a long time. Give me jokes. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. my five. Uh, that's my five nominees there. My winner's probably Pig. Okay. But yeah, there you go. What do you got? Well, yeah, I have pig. Pig's on there for Mike's M- Michael Sarnowski. Uh Patsy uh Panceroli for old Henry. A Wait. really Panceroli, I don't know. Panceroli. <laughs> We're just knocking it out of the park with these pronunciations Patsy today. <laughs> Panceroli. <laughs> the great Francibri. <laughs> Panceroli. <laughs> Uh, I'm so mad I haven't seen that movie yet. <laughs> so I've been putting good. it off and it's so stupid. <laughs> just, it just sounds like a fucking Nico movie. It is so half. awesome. Just a, this is a great like like hangout and then have a shootout movie talking about being a father, talking about raising your kid in harsh circumstances, talking about your past, your legacy and everything that makes you good and bad. And then at the end of it, you have to face your fucking problems. It's just so pissed at myself. It is seeing it. It's just the shit. And I, I just see it. the movie like just rocks scene by scene, and there's not a single weak link there. And again, the script is just really, really solid for a lot of those reasons. It just knows how to handle these very classic Western archetypes. I just, I, just, I, I loved it. I really loved that movie. Barack Obama loved it. Yeah, even though he never saw it. Well, Barack Obama loved one it. one of his aides saw it. <laughs> you should. I need to check it out. I'm ashamed. Really good. Yeah. Stephen Knight for Spencer. I felt like it should probably be on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting script. You know, it's more of a feat of direction for me, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. but it is um, subtly great, I think, with that script a lot of the time here and there. Yeah. Not the standout from that movie for me. No, 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 no. I agree. Yeah. And similar, not really a standout here from uh, from the script per se, but like just the feat of coming up with half of this stuff just blew me away. And that was Julia Ducournau for Titan. Just cleaning up. Yeah. Just Eaten, just fucking eaten. Yeah, at the Adam Awards. Yeah, that is like it's 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 miraculous that half the stuff works in that movie. Seriously, yeah. and the fact that they, she can make a movie where the 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 machinations of the world where you're not quite sure what's real and what's not, and like, and I've said this a few times on the podcast before, but how like now that I've seen it, I'm like I'm convinced that all the weird stuff is actually happening, mm. and that it sold any of that weird stuff because there's a lot of it in this movie. Mm. It's ve- it's very interesting storytelling. And there's really, honestly, there's really no one else like her. I mean, Raw, I had a lot of similar feelings about that one, too. Yeah. Both very good movies. Yeah. And what else you got? My last one. Uh-huh. My winner. Oh, boy. For best original screenplay. Uh-oh. Your winner. <laughs> Kristen Wiig, Annie Mamala for Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar. Fuck yeah, this movie is the <laughs> shit. <laughs> it needed to get something. It did. I just, I just love the, the, how fucking funny this movie is. <laughs> it is the stupidest thing ever made, but God, is it lo- It's just wonderful. Every joke works. I just, oh my God. It's it's a delightful experience. It's just like a really, really, really clever comedy. And it's, God, it's been so long since we've had something like this. 
I love it. Some of those like setups and premises too. It's like, where did you think of that? Exactly. No, that's you know? what, it's just it's like, a- where did you think of like the idea of these two women talking on a on a couch, <laughs> and then you pan out and they're in a furniture store. I mean, it's I like love that shit. So much of that movie. Is, it yeah. it it convincingly goes from like a a dramatic situation to a to like a almost a Bollywood musical yeah in like a half like the drop of a hat it's a, it's a musical and you buy it yeah. <laughs> it's great it's so funny I watched that movie on an airplane yeah. it is uh, one of the more enjoyable flights of my life it I was believe it. so good yeah <laughs> just, I lo- the time flew by <laughs> I just perfect airplane movie it, I, I think I said this on the, the podcast before it's like pig was the biggest surprise alongside this one I just I just didn't expect it to be even half as good as it was yeah I was laughing basically the whole time yeah Really. It's, it's a good script. Yeah, it's it is. a good script. I like those two. <laughs> uh, that's great. I love that we lined up on that. Yeah. Uh, well, so that's your winner there, huh? Yes, it is. Okay, I'll go with Pig. Uh, I thought about Shiva Baby yep. here as well. Another sort of underrated comedy from last year. Uh, no sudden move, of course. Uh, Soderbergh remains just underrated. And is Shiva Baby technically an adapted screenplay. <laughs> Because it's based off of a short. It is. Yeah, that's one of those weird gray areas. Yeah, gray areas. The Novice was another one like that, um, where they made the short first to get the movie financed. So I guess it's the same way with uh, Whiplash. Was was Whiplash yeah. nominated for original or adapted? I think adapted for that okay, very right, reason. Right, right. Yeah, it's one of those like weird things. Uh, yeah, I also had The Novice written down for that. Okay. And Red Rocket, Sean Baker. Okay. Just missed the cut. Okay. Best adapted screenplay. You can uh, take this one away after I read the Oscars nominations. Coda, Drive My Car, Dune, The Lost Daughter, Maggie Gyllenhaal with her first Oscar nomination, and The Power of the Dog. Cool. What's winning, Power of the Dog? Well, I, I think the consensus is whoever wins this award is going to win Best Picture. Okay. And it is currently a two-horse race between Power of the Dog and Coda, which are listed as basically 50-50 in Vegas. Is that right? Yeah. If you believe the Oscar odds, one of those two is going to win Best Picture. Christ. And it is neck and neck. All right. It is, I will say, one of the more interesting Oscar races in a while. I'll say those that. Those two? It's not, inter- not in terms of like the quality of movie on display, but just in terms of intrigue. I legitimately don't know what's going to win Best Picture, and okay. that's cool. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I go Power of the Dog personally, but I guess we'll be yelling our bets out personally the night of. That'll be funny. Yeah, we do need to uh, fill out some ballots. I think we do before that. <laughs> I like it in the moment, right before they call it. I I I I call it. Okay, I like doing that. That's call fun. it in the air. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, precisely. Yeah. This one was actually probably the easiest for me, I would say. Me too. Yeah. I, no, nothing Not, creative about these for me. It's like, I, it just came to mind like, oh yeah, yeah. Because the, 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 my winner is like the best type of story structure you have in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> and you probably know, I'm, I'm sure we probably lined up. We overlap, I think, on most of them. Okay. Yeah. Not not the first one though. Okay. Because Rebecca Hall for Passing, that's a really good, really, really touching script. Cool. And I'm, and I'm again... Got no fucking love. I got no love. I don't understand what happened with Passing. Netflix, really good movie. It's weird with Netflix. Is it just Netflix? There's not like a bad thing about that movie. It's like slow, I guess, if that's not your thing. But it is a, it's a powerful film. Netflix, they kind of, they, they, they pick their battles early and they choose which ones they want to push and which ones they don't. And it's like, there's only, 
There's only so much weight you can throw behind some of these movies. And it seems like this year they picked Don't Look Up and Power of the Dog. And the rest of them, they're just like, all right, you're you're there to fend for yourselves. Oscar season wise. Whatever. It's, sometimes this stuff, it's like it's so arbitrary because you don't see the machinations, you know? Yeah. That's it's true. like there are conversations had in boardrooms and there are billboards up in L.A. that we never see. And yeah, it just for some reason, they didn't think that it was worthy of, of pushing. That's but, a damn shame. Yeah. Because it's really good. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Karam for The Humans. Also on my list. Joel Cohen for The Tragedy of Macbeth. Kind of obligatory, but... My number six. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, David Lowry, actually, for The Green Knight. Also made my list. And your winner for Best Adapted Screenplay, Nicole Hofficer, uh, Ben Affleck, and Matt Damon for The Last Duel. Also made my list. Yep. Not my winner, but... Not your winner. Ah. Yeah, kind of a foolproof structure. Yeah, fucking love that structure. It it's will be it will be endlessly compelling whenever you use it. Go ahead. Yes, do it for every movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, an excellent feat of adaptation. Yeah, kind of felt like Affleck and Damon had the first two acts of the movie done before Nicole Hollenseffer came in. Hall of Center. Hall of Center. Hall of Center came in and then sort of punched it up. Gave it like that more feminist sort of angle which is with, good with jody comer uh yeah i mean it's it's a it's a great script because it points out the subtleties in each story the subtle differences between each version of events and i like that they're subtle i like that like right. we've talked about this when even when nick thought how he's like i'm just surprised that adam driver is a rapist in every story, every story right? <laughs> but but the, but how they distinguish it is a little more careful than that and the fact that the movie doesn't it doesn't you know i I didn't feel like it was like beating me over the no. head that much, no. honestly. For, no. Yeah, I'm just yeah. To be honest, and remains super entertaining it, throughout oh God, too. It, it doesn't awesome. become repetitive. That's the other thing with these types of movies is that you have to not be repetitive. And yeah, it, yeah. As as you said, it's like in the Adam Driver version. Oh yeah, he's a rapist. It can't possibly get worse yeah. than this. And then they show you when he's yeah, yeah. a violent, brutal rapist mm-hmm. uh, in the third part. So. Yeah, uh, really good. Was not my winner, but made my nominations along with The Humans uh, based on Stephen Karam's script, or based on a stage play, rather, uh, and The Green Knight. Uh, also had Zola on there based on a Twitter thread. I think that's kind of an impressive feat. You okay. can you can base a movie off a Twitter thread and you don't cringe while watching it. Pretty good. Uh, and then I also had Tick, Tick, Boom on here, a movie that I liked and I couldn't really find a place for it anywhere else on the list so i put it here mm-hmm. a, a, a cool movie because and i'm not really familiar with the play tick tick boom but this movie is kind of about the making of tick tick boom so it yeah, sort of incorporates the musical numbers from the play and also imbues it with some of the real life elements too yep. so it's like if, if we're talking about adapted screenplay it is a feat of adaptation and that they're able to create their own story while still being you know, faithful to the source material, still being faithful to the stage version. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's really a good script there. Green Knight is my winner. Okay. Green Knight is my winner. I, again, like a movie, maybe it didn't do the same for you, but like it really got me thinking. It's a oh. thinker, that movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's a thinker, that movie. Yeah. It's a thinker. It's a good choice, though. Yeah. Uh, all right. Here we go. Best adapted screenplay. Now we get to the, the big guns here. Oh, God. Here we go. Now we get to the big boys. Uh, you want to do actress or actor first? Oh, let's let's uh, let's be kind to the ladies and go actor then actress. Save the best for last. Okay. Normally they say ladies first. 
No. No, but best for last. Not on your first dates. No. You just slam the door right in their face. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that is total, the total inverse of what they usually do. Until you find a girl that <laughs> enjoys that sort of thing. <laughs> no shade to Abby there. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> Your nominees at the Academy Award. Javier Bardem being the Ricardo's baffling choice. Mm. Benedict Cumberbatch, Power of the Dog. Can't argue with that one. Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom. He's a theater kid. Literally playing a theater kid. Yep. Good in that movie. Will Smith for King Richard. Your front runner. And the guy that I would cast to vote for if I had a ballot, but that's probably why I don't. Denzel Washington for the tragedy of Macbeth, who I think had the best performance. And you're probably correct. It's the only love that he got that that movie got. Yeah. Not a lot of love for, I guess, I mean, there was love for him in general, but like not nearly as much as I expected. That movie just kind of weird how the Oscars work. It's like legends that have been given several Oscars in the past uh, do great work like this late in their career and they're ignored. Very interesting Macbeth. And I was, yeah, I was, I was saddened by that one. Yeah. So fickle. I mean, again, like the fact that he's not going to win. The though, man doesn't yeah. need more Oscars, but yeah, it'd be nice if we could take more than ten seconds to talk about that performance. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. No, this was also a pretty easy list, aside from my fourth nominee that I'll list for you. The only, yeah, I don't know. I did not get cute with this at all. Mm. I just went, and actually, with both of these categories, I did not think that long and hard about this. I guess I didn't get too cute. Okay, I'll. I'll who's starting me? Uh, yeah, go ahead. You go. So yeah, Timothy Chalamet for Dune. Uh, the more I've thought about it, the more interesting the performance is to me. I, I, it's not it's not the winner, but uh, yeah, I, having seen the movie more and more, and just picking up on his subtleties and the nuances and how he portrays that character, it's just like I, I find rewatchability in just like the decision making that he's doing. And Tim- Timothy Chalamet is just a great actor, so yes, he's a. Yeah, I'm fine with that choice, but yeah, um, but then to get even better. Um, Tim Blake Nelson for ah. Old Henry. Ooh. It's like a really great, it's really great. Like, again, he should not, he should not convincingly sell this type of West, Western gunslinger as well as he does. Yeah. And it's absolutely convincing. And even the scenes where he's not shooting people, I just get him as this storied man who's been through everything at, at every corner of the world. And it's just, it, God, I just love watching him sit there being annoyed with his son he's mm. so good in this movie mm-hmm. uh really good uh this is one i'm ashamed i'm not giving the award to Ugh, i feel bad nick cage for pig okay yeah. more on that in a second yeah he's like number two it's like a toss-up okay. and then hitatashi nishima N- N- nishima nishima for drive my car mm-hmm. great i think he did pretty good there with the pronunciation okay I think I got the first name right. <laughs> and uh, just missed my list, by the way. Ah, oh, damn! Just missed it. Really, number great. six. Really, really great in that one. Yeah. Uh, and then of course the winner, which I've said already a thousand times, Caleb Winder Jones for Nit Ram. Yeah. To me, probably the most difficult role of the bunch, and the so, so interesting the choices that he makes, so invisible. Uh, and just this again, I shouldn't feel as sad for this character as I do, but I do. Mm-hmm. Uh. And Christ, yeah, it's like a career high for him, and I'm just pissed off that he wasn't nominated or didn't get any recognition outside of Khan. So, yeah, uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Who, so you had Hitatashi uh, and, Hit- and 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 Hit- who were the other ones? Hitatashi, 
Okay, hold on. Nishijima. Nishijima. Hidetashi Nishijima for Drive My Car. Nicholas Cage for Pig. Tim Blake Nelson for Old Henry. Timothy Chalamet for Dune. Caleb Landry Jones, winner for Knit Ram. Cool. Here are mine. Okay. Uh, by the way, I thought you were going to nominate Cooper Hoffman, so I kept him off of this. I, was, I did, and then I thought about it, and I was like... I, and I, It's the only reason I left it yeah, off. Yeah, I, I was thinking about it. I, he's probably I, I, number five. I don't know. Here's I don't the thing. Know. No, I, I honestly deli- like was deliberating this a, a, a while. I'm like, is he honestly this? He's great in the movie, but right. is it really as good as even these other... Even Timothy, in my opinion. I was like... I. I came to the consensus of like I just love the fact that he pulls off this role so well and that he's actually in the movie. Yeah, he 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 can he can do better. Yeah, he can. It's a really good performance, but is it honestly like the level of like like consideration that these other actors have? Maybe not, but it's a good. It's we just love that. For, we love. That. I know, yeah, and just, and, yeah. and then you add to that like this pathos of when you look at him in a certain light. Exactly, he looks just like his father, it, and it's like he's channeling the spirit of his father in that movie. The performance is. Perhaps more for us than than any other person on the list, and that's why it was so hard for me to kick him off. But. Yeah, uh, yeah. Cooper Hoffman, Hitatashi just missed those. Yeah. Those were right there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Here are my five. Didn't really deliberate that hard about these. Don Cheadle, no sudden move. I was thinking about Best it. Best work he has done in, in a while. Over a decade. Yeah, just missed my list too. Yeah, he's been in the fucking Iron Man and Avengers movies forever, and the- it's it's ridiculous. I mean, like it showed me, oh shit, this guy can actually do this. I just yeah I I, I every time I, th- I think back to him with Iron Man two and some of those scenes I was like what what is he even doing in this anyway <laughs> why, why would you I I was okay with them keeping Terrence Howard for that role honestly yeah it's a weird recast actually like yeah. why do you need Don Cheadle to play this character right. yeah I mean this is what he should be doing you know like yeah he's he's great he's the, he's great in it they're gonna take away your suits Tony great Don Cheadle yeah but it's all, yeah you're right though because like he's. He's such like a scrawny, awkward guy. Like you don't think superhero when you think Don Cheadle, and if you no, do, no, you don't think what what is what's his Captain USA? What what the hell is his character called? Um, Iron Patriot. Iron Patriot. I think that's who. He War is. Machine. War Machine too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's right, yeah. yeah, that's. I don't think Don Cheadle when I think that name. You know, and then he's behind like this iron. I don't know. It's like you could only do that if you're going for like the ideas that the like you would never suspect it to be this guy, like a Michael Keaton Batman thing, right. where that's deliberately. But the they point. don't do but that. That's not though. what he is. Yeah, they yes, don't exactly. play it, which is why Terrence Howard works because he looks like a military general yeah. and he's big and physically imposing. And yeah, it was a, yeah. I agree. I, I never liked that recasting. Yeah, yeah. great. No sudden move. Uh, Matt Damon for Stillwater. A flawed movie. Very flawed. Very flawed. I don't hate it though. The, I, the I, third act is not good, and that kept it away from a screenplay nomination for me. I was perhaps a little mean to it when we were talking about it because I I think I had just seen it, and that third act just really pissed me off because it's a terrible third act. It just undercuts everything the movie kind of had going for it, as far as I'm concerned. It's really bad, but I. <sighs> but it's do not. Do you think Damon pulls it off? I really yes. think he's good. I think he's really good. Yes, I think he's good too. I do. I do. I do. In a performance that seems like award baity, and you think you're gonna watch it oh he's playing a MAGA guy like it, oh it's an issues movie or whatever and it's it's compelling it is it, it, you buy it mm-hmm. you buy it. and it's also very against type for him too transformative performance in many ways mm-hmm. uh Oscar Isaac for the card counter okay riveting I don't know sure so doing great work so compelling doing fucking card. great work so in the interrogation scene yeah, nice when he's card. talking to the kid yeah 
throws him down on the bed. Okay. Dude. That scene, it's so, so many scenes where they're sitting at a table and just talking about things and stuff. <laughs> you know. A lot of journaling, too. Christ. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oscar Isaac. I don't know. It's in the name. Give the guy an Oscar already. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's a funny point. <laughs> it's me, Oscar Isaac. <laughs> oh, it's the worst nickname ever. <laughs> if his first name is, is Isaac, that would be No, funny. no, no. It is Oscar in quotation marks, Isaac. <laughs> That's his name. That's why he's never going to win the Oscar. Because right. they're just like, we can't We're let him like, have it. We can't get it's it. It's like John Legend <laughs> calling himself a legend before he got famous. I hate John Legend. <laughs> Stop smiling, John Legend. <laughs> his name isn't actually Oscar. He's just been prepping for the Oscar win his entire life. <laughs> if he gets up on stage and says, Oscar I'm, Isaac. My name is Jason. <laughs> but I thank you for the honor. <laughs> that's great uh, <laughs> and uh simon rex red rocket wire to wire like really energetic douchey ass performance like yeah, i heard if fearless in that he is playing a guy with nothing redeemable and he like really goes for it uh doesn't try to oh, i shouldn't say that's not fair uh, he 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 tries to find the humanity in it i was gonna say he doesn't find the humanity he does but he does not search for the likability at all okay uh yeah apparently like this is a guy that has been around for a while yes i didn't know who he was i knew he was like in the scary movie movies i I remember him in the fourth scary movie yeah and that was was what he was most known for if you go on his imdb that's his like top credit or was it the third scary movie He's in a couple, I think. Okay. It might have been both of those. I don't remember. So, so like, a guy that's sort of been bumming around Hollywood for a while, kind of like a Matthew Lillard type, who gets this incredible role and uh, is, like, perfectly cast in it. And, yeah, is very, very douchey. Yeah. You know exactly who he is the second Mm. you see him on screen. Uh, And then my winner. Uh, The best actor of his generation, perhaps. Am I being hyperbolic? I think not. I don't know. His name is Nicolas Cage, and it was a movie uh, called Pig. Yeah. Don't sleep on this performance. I'd hoped you'd give this one the win. Yeah. Don't sleep on it, because you see it, and it's like, oh, yeah, we get it. Cage does the high wire thing, and then every once in a while, he does a movie where he mumbles a bunch and walks around, and we go, wow, Cage has this other mode, but really, he's just bumbling around. Not the case here. No. This is a weird-ass performance. As well as like deeply moving and serious. Mm-hmm. Doing a lot with his face here, man. Doing a lot of shit. Ripping your heart out and putting it back in your chest <laughs> yeah. in several scenes. Oh, yeah. It is astonishingly good. Mm-hmm. It's astonishingly good. Is it his best performance ever? It's that and it's adaptation are the two. I think Adap- that's right. Adaptation's yeah. really good. He's great in that. Really good. Yeah. Whereas it's close though. It's very close. I, I think I said when I first saw it, I was so moved by him in this movie that I considered it being my favorite Nick Cage performance. And a lot of that is because I just didn't expect him to go here. Or he, Honestly, maybe not. I, maybe it's because I hadn't seen him go here to begin with, but I don't, I, I think prior, I didn't think he was capable of something this subtle and careful and gentle. It was just so, again, like you're you're totally right like just completely and utterly serious but you just you you completely don't see it coming but it it's just when you said rip your heart out and put it back in yeah 
Yeah, even by the ending, by him just sitting down on the bed that does the trick. He's so perfect here. Yeah. It, it, beat for beat right. Yeah. It's like he's 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 the best. I fucking love this guy. I yeah. love that he can just do this. Yeah, no, he can, I love that he can lose control in one movie and then the next movie it's like this dude studied at Juilliard. Like yeah. this guy's like Daniel Day Lewis, you know? It it's one of those movies that would convince anybody, okay, I'm sorry for all the stuff that I said about Nick Cage because he is Kind of perfect in this movie. It was, I, I, <laughs> so I, had, good. I was going back on and forth in this one for a while. I just didn't want to be a hypocrite, really. But it's probably the right choice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, runners up. Dev Patel, Green Knight. Joaquin Phoenix. Come on, come on. Joaquin. Uh, I thought Tom Hanks and Finch was pretty fun. Yeah, he was good. Yeah, I, I don't think it was really a consideration for me. Uh, Richard Jenkins and the humans, as I said, like the quieter performance in that movie, but he does a lot of the heavy lifting as well. Um, so desperately wanted to find a, a place for Bob Odenkirk in nobody <laughs> who I, I, I think is like a legit action star in that movie. Yeah, he pulls it off. And again, like is playing against type in a really interesting way. Uh, and then uh, like one of these years, I'm going to figure out a way to get Vin Diesel in that category for the fast movies. Uh, this will not be the year, though. Good luck. Not going to happen. Apologies. Not going to happen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Best actress. Your nominees. And this is another one of the more wide open races at the Oscars this year. Could be a number of these. Women. Yeah. Jessica Chastain, The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Haven't seen it. Watched it the other day. Woof. Not good. Grating, Adam. Wow. Grating. Grating. What does that mean? Grating. Just a, like a cheese grater was put to my brain. More grating than Scott Pilgrim? Great. I don't know about that. No. Uh, yeah, more grating than Scott Pilgrim. Wow. Cheese wow, grater to the brain. Just going back and <laughs> forth and back and forth. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Stop talking. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's that's how I feel about Jennifer's body. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Jessica Jastin. I don't know. Transformative performance, I guess. There's a lot of makeup. <laughs> not, not my thing. Not a fan. Over not there. my thing. Uh, Olivia Coleman, The Lost Daughter, I like a lot. I think would be... Nah, probably not my winner, but she's very good in that movie. Uh, Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers. I uh, need to watch that this weekend. Nicole Kidman for being the Ricardos, who is one of the two frontrunners along with Chastain, and Kristen Stewart and Spencer, who you said had the best performance of the year, and I would agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. These five nominees that I have here, again, took me like five seconds, and I... I blew the Oscars out of the water. I mean, these are, this is just a perfect list. It's a perfect it's list. It's fucking perfect. Listen, Alana Heim, Licorice Pizza. Can yeah. you argue? Nope. Okay. Rachel Zegler for West Side Story. Can you argue? No, but I didn't put her on. Jeez. Uh, but that's, I'm glad you did. Yeah. Come on. Jody Comer, The Last Duel. Yeah, correct. Yeah, I've had her. Correct. Yeah. Uh, Renette Rensiv, Rensiv, the worst person in the world. I was thinking about it, just missed the cut. Just missed the cut. Any any gripes? Any, any uh, anybody? Anyone no, out no there? No gripes. No, okay. No. All right. Any objections? No. And Isabel Furman, the novice. Any objections? Well, I don't know. We haven't seen it, Nico. I'm gonna take that as a no. <laughs> five perfect nominees. I don't know. It's pretty good. Five great performances by five great actresses. That's very true. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. No. No. For the, yeah. Well, what's the problem here? They're, they're, they're significantly better than anything that I saw. Fucking put Nicole Oscars. Kidman in the list? What are, you, what are we doing? No, I'm not kidding. Seriously, for me, when I saw that list, it was basically 
um, um, Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart's the only one that stood out to me. It's like, okay, yeah, of course, but all the other ones are just so obligatory. I just, ugh. What are we doing? No, I hated, I didn't like them at all. Yeah, at all. Put me in charge of the Oscar. Listen, one day I will pitch to the Academy. Let me nominate in all, just let me do the nominations. I'll take it from here, and this category will be my resume. You're, I will hand them the list, and I will say, wouldn't you rather have this show? You're very comfortable with this one. Perfect. It's the one category flawless, no flaws. Almost perfect. Oh, you boy. forgot about my list. Okay. The big issue with yours, Nico, is that it's not weird enough. <laughs> so let's go. I knew you were going to do this. That's so, true. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had uh, Elena Hyam for uh, uh, Licorice Pizza, Jodie Comer for The Last Duel, Tessa Thompson for Passing. She's really good. Really, really, really good in that one. Cool. I was surprised that she didn't get enough recognition. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this one's kind of legit. I, I know one of these. I'm pretty confident that I know one of these. Guess. I think it's the girl from Malignant. No. Oh, wow. Okay. Barbara Crampton for Jacob's Wife. <laughs> a movie that you did not see. Did not. Nobody saw. Did not see Not a it. single human being. I just, I love Barbara Crampton. She's 40 years older than me and I want to sleep with her. <laughs> That's a very nice way of putting it, though. I do. I do. I you think, have respect for her. I, mean, I think she's, she's, she's your elder. You know, but, but I just want to sleep. It's with my her. kind of elder. Okay. I just want to. I just want to snuggle. I just yeah. I just want to get under the covers, and you know, <laughs> you're not gonna warm the bed because she's playing a vampire. But mm. uh, yeah, she is just rocking it in this movie. Every huh. scene. It's one of those movies where. It kind of reminds me of Tomb Raider, where it's like you look at the film on the whole, and it's like, eh, okay. But there's that center performance, which just sells every single scene, and that's most of the movie. So it's like with Alicia Vikander and Tomb Raider, yeah, the movie, it's kind of probably whatever. But God, she's fucking good in that movie. Uh, Same thing here. I think Barbara Crampton's actually just just having a blast and very delightful, and I kind of like her story, too. It's just funny to see her and her husband try to get away with various vampire shenanigans. It's like if let me in was a little bit funnier and <laughs> more fu- way way funnier yeah. actually yeah. and um and it was an old couple and not uh, an old guy and a little little girl so imagine those scenes and let me in nice. except let's like let's just sneak into the house and like chop his head off okay fine <laughs> <laughs> it's a comedy this movie sometimes it's a comedy okay. it's 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 What's a good comparison? I don't really know. I, I, I'd call it like, yeah, sort of poor comedy at times. It, it, it cracked me up, maybe unintentionally, but it's it's got its laughs. That's for sure. Okay. Uh, a good movie, actually. But yeah, she probably has no right being nominated, but I don't care. Yeah. Uh, the winner for Best Actress, of course, it's Agatha Russell for Titan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. It's a pretty, pretty obvious to me. Yeah. I That's liked a- the haircut. Yeah, that I saw in the trailer. Which haircut? I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Like, well, the one with the that was. What do you call that when like you shave down half the head and then you got the long hair oh, on the other side? I'm not sure what that's called. What do you call that, lady? <laughs> Just two guys talking about women's hairdos. She has an, another haircut in the movie. So yeah. yeah, it's a it's a another deeply transformative performance, like one that would make Joaquin Phoenix shudder and run away. So yeah, that's all. That's all I need to say, right? If it can scare away Joaquin Phoenix, then it probably <laughs> deserves an Oscar. <laughs> yeah, I think that's good. I I, I think uh, yeah, those those first couple choices, pretty obvious there. Yes, 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 yes. Alana Haim is my winner. 
Mm-hmm. I will say that right now. She's my winner. I like. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a good choice. I, I think whatever Cooper Hoffman's doing, I mean, she's just she's outdoing him in every scene, and that is saying a lot because Cooper Hoffman's really good. But she is like captivating. You want to fall in love with her. You also want to shake her repeatedly. Yeah. You also just want to say like, "Stop it! You're embarrassing yourself." <laughs> um, uh, the fact that PTA is able to get those performances out of those two actors who have never acted before is is a marvel. Yep. Uh, yeah, she's a revelation in, the, in that movie. She's it, it, another shocking snub. It's like, what are we I doing? What are we doing? I don't know. What are we doing here? They're like, she's got room to go. I guess. Room to go uh, and grow. Ugh, stupid. Renette Renseev, uh kind of doing Francis Ha in Swedish. You know, same sort of energy. I guess so, yeah. You know, like really like... Uh, in a way, yeah. She's, she's not as likable as uh, Francis, but... No. Uh, but it's another one of those movies she just carries completely. Uh, Jodie Comer doing a lot of subtle stuff with her face. You know, you again, we're watching these scenes over and over again. She's doing all the heavy lifting in it. Uh, Rachel Zegler, great Maria. Yeah. 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 Very good. Yeah. Everyone. This was so, no, this one. This is another one where it's like the nominees were very much like, what the hell do you think you're even doing anymore? Can't go wrong. Didn't make any sense to me. Can't go wrong. And I guess uh, Isabel Furman is the outlier there just because a lot of people haven't seen that movie. But mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, she's super intense. Like, it's a really high wire performance. I, I thought about Rachel Sinat for Shiva Baby. Yeah, I did too. In that same slot, mm-hmm. just missed it. It's very good. Uh, from Simsbury, Connecticut. Support Simsbury, Connecticut. Hop, skip, and a jump away from yeah. us. Yeah. Vicky Kripes also just missed the cut for not old but Bergman Island. <laughs> Don't worry about <laughs> <Okay>. that. <laughs> um, Taylor Page from Zola again, just. Across the board, really good performances in that movie. Uh, Lady Gaga is, I think, you didn't like her in that, is kind of the only good part of that movie for me. Uh, I didn't I didn't dislike her in that. Okay. I just thought she was, you know, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think she was the best at, uh, performance in the movie. I'll say that. Yeah. I will say Margot Robbie continues to do good work in Suicide Squad. And uh, yeah, she was good in that. Too. Again, I couldn't justify putting it there because I didn't love that movie that much. But she keeps doing good stuff. Uh, and then I thought about Sydney Sweeney for The Voyeurs, which is like a really like sleazy erotic thriller that dropped on Amazon in September that I really enjoyed as a guilty pleasure. And I didn't see it. I think she's doing good stuff in it. I mean, it's it's ridiculously stupid. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, perhaps I'll see it. Okay. Uh, you want to give me your, your, your best director nominees? Yep. Uh, again, actually pretty easy for okay. me on this one. Let me read the Oscars quick. Kenneth Branagh, Belfast. Rasuke Hamagachi for Drive My Car. Cool. Pa- Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza. Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog is heavy favorite to win. And Steven Spielberg, West Side Story. Never yeah, heard of okay. him. Okay, okay. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Not the worst of the bunch. Yeah. It's okay. A lot of familiar names in there. Yeah. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> a lot uh, of familiar names. My list was much different, obviously. Uh-huh. Um, Julia Ducournau for Titan. Yet uh, again. Yet again. I like that Titan. Apparently. It's quite it's quite good. Ridley Scott for The Last Duel. Also made mine. Yep. Joel Cohen for The Tragedy of Macbeth. Fair enough. Uh, David Lowry for The Green Knight, actually. On my list, too. Cool. And my winner, yeah, it's blatantly... Obvious, it's Denis Villeneuve for Dune. 
Yeah. Yeah. One of the snubs from the Oscars. Yeah. A feat of direction at the very least. Oh my God. It's so much, so much direction in that movie. Yeah. And there's a tremendous amount of confidence in everything that he does. I mean, he's kind of known for that. Just like taking these really bold swings and how they pay off. I don't know. Just to handle that, that material so deftly was, was very interesting and, and surprising to me. I didn't really expect him to do it. I didn't expect him to be okay changing the book as much as he did. That was another thing that I was so surprised by, how like it's it's a it's a faithful adaptation, but it's also very different at the same time. Like I guess you could say it's faithful in that it captures the essence of the book quite well. But um for someone who is, you know, directing something that's like a childhood dream of his to to, you know, to be so okay adjusting it for the screen. I really love that. But also just like, you know, being it's kind of like a a, a 165 million dollar art house film which i was more than okay with and just for him to to lean into that more not back away from it even even though blade runner didn't do so well at the box office i just i just love this guy i just love how he's just you know he knows what he can do and he just does it and this is a strong very very (laughs) very strong movie just keeps going to the plate swinging for the fences and the ball keeps going over the fence yeah somehow it just home run after home run with it's this great. guy yeah yeah it's yeah again you're playing with fire here didn't he? like one of these times it is gonna go not well and it may not be within your control like you might just have a disaster and the movie ends up shitty and then they'll take it all away from you Christ, the, man, i don't they know they can always take it away from you i don't know like he pulled off dune kept going <laughs> he was able to do like that's weird to me like yeah. to go from Blade Runner 2049 and then <laughs> jump straight into do what is the matter with you I know. how do you do that and and make it work like like Dune was a big success I know. You just do the indies while you can you know what I mean? like just but, get the little movies made and that, that way you can fail and nobody notices but like not skimp on the important things it's not like a rushed product it's like it's this thing that like again is still his 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 trademark confident careful yeah. and very poetic direction and you know it's just again it's just he's he's like one of the best storytellers in the business as far as i'm concerned for that reason too uh-huh. just again like you see you seems to make movies where like the feeling of the movie is almost more important than anything else about it like even if the story takes a lot of time to get where it needs to go as long as you can be situated in like a mood in an in an emotion in any given moment and you know feel that along with the characters then you're kind of on the right track i just i just love this guy god fucking love Denis. He makes me so happy that he exists. <laughs> uh, okay. And yeah. It, it, honestly, it's just because it, it's, I hate to be a, a, a Denis fanboy, but basically he gets the win because he made a movie. <laughs> it's, it's li- that's literally what it is. Oh, Denis made a movie this year? Okay. Right. Yeah. He showed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. We're two hours into this podcast. Jesus. There are two categories left, and I have already pushed your buttons enough. Listen, there's, we've, there's been some contention throughout the show. Not that much contention. Not that much. But I feel like I I have one more arrow in my quiver that'll, that I can shoot at you. That'll bother me? That'll bother you. You don't have to give it to Denis, man. I don't care. But It's one more arrow ready to go. And now I'm having second thoughts because I, I feel like I don't have the energy to do this one more time. Wait, wait, wait. But wait, I'm going to push through and wait, I'm going to go for it. Were you going to... Were you going to... Uh... What are you going to do? I'm going to go for it now. All okay. Right. So <clears throat> I'm like LeBron James in the second overtime period. I haven't been on the bench all night. Time to do this. 
David Lowry for The Green Knight gets a nomination for me. Good, right. good feat of direction. Michael Sarnowski for Pig right. also snags the nod. Very artfully made movie. <laughs> Ridley Scott for The Last Duel. The man still has his old bag of tricks. That fight sequence at the end. Oh Holy my shit. God, Ridley. Insane. Ridley. Just give him good scripts, studios. Stop giving him House of Gucci. The man can still direct. <laughs> yeah, he can. The man can still Holy get it done. Holy shit, that movie's good. Yeah. Came out within a month of House of Gucci. What the hell? Yeah. Lauren Hathaway for The Novice, movie I loved. Mm-hmm. And my winner. I do not mean this ironically. I do not oh, do this. Oh. I do not do this just to ruffle your feathers. I do not. This is a choice. I'm doing it because it is the most uniquely directed movie I saw all year. And it is the one movie that I saw where it's like, this guy is trying to push shit forward. <laughs> he will not rest until every uh, angle has been explored. I say with confidence, my winner is M. Night Shyamalan for old, baby. Wow. Woo! Wow. I didn't think he would do it. M. Night. I would come grab your Oscar. It's your first one. Here's the thing. I would say the same thing about Denis, but my point against yours would be like Denis' choices and his attempts to like push things forward, uh, they work. <laughs> that, Standing that's ovation. The, that's the difference. At the Staples Center. What do they do? Kodak Theater? Wherever, wherever they do the Oscars. How now. many of those choices in old actually work? <laughs> uh, up comes M. Night Shyamalan to the stage as wow. his peers give him a standing O. All right. Can you believe it? M. Night finally earns his first his Academy Award. <laughs> Here, why is this a thing? Or, or the fucking too many thoughts? Movie hall? Whatever it is. The anti-Oscars. M. Night. You know, really like a, a storied career. Here's my problem. A career for the books. Here's my here's my problem with, this, with this one. Yeah. Just earlier, we were talking about the issues with giving an award. Like for we, we were talking about the editing Oscar and how that was given to certain movies that that the uh, most edited that, that were yeah they they got the award because of the, they had the most editing and that's kind of what you're doing here, Nico. It has the most directing. Ooh, look at all this stuff I'm doing. Here, <laughs> kind of directing. Here's my rebuttal. Okay, I think that the examples that I listed before in the editing category uh, uh, hindered the effect of the movie. When the, when no, a movie has on. when you a movie don't... has too much listen to me when a movie has too much editing it sometimes it 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 negates the effect whereas the copious amounts of directing in old <laughs> make the movie what it is agree to disagree my friend because I think this is precisely what I'm talking about <laughs> exactly what you just said there there are every here's here's what I what I think about the movie I think the old, overall alchemy of the movie is a wholly unique experience but we do this a lot on, it's a why is this a thing movie and I'm a little frustrated that you didn't think it was it's so weird to me that you didn't think it was a why is this a thing movie I think it's great oh the best director <laughs> The best director winner made that movie. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the best director. Yeah. Meanwhile, this mansion of three Oscars by now. <laughs> it's like, it's like every one inch, like interesting choice that works in old. There's about twenty that don't. <laughs> Maybe even more than that. It is. It is the most uh, 
Im- imbalance of good to bad directing I've I've seen in a while. Oh boy. But you're right, it is a lot of directing, and it's a lot of interesting directing, and I didn't see half of those moves coming. I'll give him that. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's a choice. It's a choice. M. Night. I think it's better than you giving David O. Russell best director for the <laughs> 2010s. I'll give you that. <laughs> that was a bit of a stretch. <laughs> David O. Russell. Come back, David. <laughs> Come back. Yeah. Uh, all right, best picture. <laughs> fucking old. <laughs> the big award of the night. Uh, this is going to be us kind of just listing our top tens. Again, yeah, but it's okay. Uh, your Oscar nominees: Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Ugh. Come on, come on, Oscars, do better, do better. Your nominees, sir. My nominees, sure. I, w- I wanted to say I had like a little little bonus. Oh. No, I didn't add any lists for here. I just wanted to say for my best score, me personally, I actually went with uh, uh, the one Ariel Marks for Shiva Baby. Oh. I really like that score. A good like horror score, an anxiety inducing score for a little like movie that doesn't look like a horror film, but definitely is a horror film. Holy shit. That's really good. And best visual effects, obviously the award has to go to Dune, but if it's not, it's course, of course it's got to go to the big monkey. And my, I had to give an award to the big monkey. So congrats, <laughs> Godzilla vs. Kong. You have a best visual effects Oscar. <laughs> the big monkey and the big lizard. <laughs> I was thinking about it. I'm like, is he going to figure out a way to get yeah. Godzilla versus Kong in here somewhere? I could. Uh, uh, God, I was trying to think about this. I think there was an actor that did mocap for Kong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Best lead actor. And Godzilla. Do I go with Godzilla or do I go uh, with King Kong? It's really the question. It of the really movie. Is it's the question. moral quandary. It, it, honestly, that film. is it Godzilla or is it Kong? Yeah. Or is it both? Right. That's really the question. Maybe it's both. <laughs> Great movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, your 10 best pictures, sir. All right, this is going to be interesting. Uh, I'm just going to work my way to to the top, to the best picture. Starting Love off, it. Lamb. I thought about this and I was like, you know, I like Sensor more, but it's like it shouldn't be here. An Oscar movie. It shouldn't, yeah, it's like it's it it it's better where it is. It, it, you know, it's I can I can feasibly also see Lamb potentially getting nominated in an Oscar category, potentially in some weird universe for Best Picture. So this kind of made more sense to I me. See. Yeah. So Lamb, Spencer, the worst person in the world, passing, Nit Ram, the tragedy of Macbeth, Pig, Old Henry, and the last duel. And there's one more, the winner itself. That is, of course, Titan. Titan. I did man. it. Titan. Unbelievable. Titan. Titan is just a, a force, man. Killed Pulled the Silence of the Lambs at the Adam Oscars. It really did. I thought about it more and more. I'm just like, it. that that movie fucking rules. It rules. Yeah, it's just, I think of all these, like, that. that's the one that, you know, for me, what anyway, was strangely the most moving, despite how tough it is. Um... And yeah, I also like it just because it's obviously not a traditional Oscar film by any means, but it's just a great, 
great, great film and just wholly unique vision. And I just want to see this director make a thousand more things. I love her. I love her to death. Uh, also, just a wholly original movie. Oh, my God. I've never seen anything else quite like this. And again, despite how tough it is, it's just so powerful and and sad. And yeah, I was oddly moved by it. Yeah, great. Fucking Titan. Really great. Okay. Here are my 10. In no particular order. Mm-hmm. Old. <laughs> they get old on a beach. Okay. It's really terrifying. <laughs> Pig. Yeah. Red Rocket. The Card Counter. The Humans. The Last Duel. The Novice. The Worst Person in the World. Zola. And my winner, The Green Knight. <laughs> I like that night. Wow. The Green Knight and Titan for best picture. We got weird. <laughs> Just more interesting than the Oscars Way could ever dream of. <laughs> yep. Yep. They would never have the courage to do these ones. That's for sure. No, they wouldn't. No. You're 100% right. But these movies are like way better than like most of those. Nom- like that's the th- It's just. God. And there's a lot of like like prejudice at the at those by those Oscars. Mm. Yeah. Good list. Should we run down it one more time? For the winners? Yeah, I think let's go through the winners one more time. I will... uh, I'll start here. My winner for Best Editing was the French Dispatch. In Best Cinematography, I gave the honor to The Green Knight. Green Knight also takes home Best Adapted Screenplay. Pig. Michael Sarnowski wins Best Original Screenplay. Supporting Actor goes to Bradley Cooper in Licorice Pizza. Supporting Actress Jane Hootyshell... For the humans, Alana Haim wins Best Actress for Licorice Pizza. Nick Cage, Best Actor for Pig. M. Night Shyamalan, Best Director for Old. And The Green Knight takes home the honor for Best Picture. All right. All right, I'm going to go up uh, my list, I guess. So this is, yeah, this is a good one. So yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna start with Best Visual Effects, the one you, you missed out on. I did. You, you missed out on that, and Best Score, of course. Yeah. Best visual effects goes, of course, to Godzilla versus Kong. Really, really great visual effects in that movie. Who would I give best visual effects to? For you? Yeah, that's a good one. I guess Ana de Armas is her own visual effect. Oh. She's been a visual effect. Yeah. She, but, she actually yeah, has. But like in life, you're walking down the street and you're like, that is a visual, visual effect. effect. <laughs> in what way? Like like literally? I think or visually. Th- or like it's a visual effect in that it cannot be real. I think I think or both. I think <laughs> it's very affecting visually. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. Is that right? Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> She's a visual effect. Everything's a visual effect then. Wow. Uh, not everything. <laughs> that bobblehead of Reggie Jackson, it, it's it's affecting all right in some way. I don't know. Don't talk about Mr. October like that. <laughs> anyway, uh, best score for Shiva Baby. Best cinematography, Titan. Best editing, The Tragedy of Macbeth. Best original screenplay, Barb and Star, Go to Vista Del Mar. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell to the right. yes. I love that choice. Uh, <laughs> best adapted screenplay, The Last Duel. Best supporting actress, Ruth Nega for uh, Passing. Uh, best supporting actor, Vincent Linden for Titan. Best actress, Agatha, Rous- Agatha Rous- Roussel, that's French, for Titan. Again, uh, best actor Caleb Landry Jones for Nitram, best director Denis Villeneuve for Dune Part One, uh, and best picture goes to Titan.
You did it right. I did? Yeah. I did it right. You did it right. Can't wait till we do this next year. And uh, I swear I'll get it right next time. <laughs> it's baffling. You did it twice. Uh, anything that you want to to get out of the way here? I know you saw a film this weekend. You wanted to talk about briefly. Yes, yes. I wish I wish you'd save the rant until the end because I thought it would be funny to just say that I actually did see a movie while we started recording. I don't know how I did it. But yeah, I but did see, see, you it. fucked up so bad that I, I needed to fuck up oh, your bit in damn. retribution. You That's know? mean. Yeah. That's mean. I did see a film. I saw another, a recently released film, if you can believe it, because I've only been watching old films lately. But this was one that I needed to see. It's a little film called X. Just one one letter, X. It's hard to fuck up. But it was great. It just, it just rules. It's just a good time, man. It's not... Because you were asking if you should see it and whether or not it's scary. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm a bit of a puss. I, I don't know. I'm a it's bit of a puss. There's like this great scene with an alligator that's just like... <laughs> That's just, it's like a, it's, it's just like filmmaking, like tension building 101, and it's so good. An alligator, you say? Oh, it's so good. Go on. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> I think I'm in. It's just swimming on around in the swamp. It's just, I do love alligators. And there's a naked woman involved too. With the alligator? Yeah. I well, know. I have my night is now. He's <laughs> getting a ticket tonight <laughs> to go better, see X. Better hop on that AMC app. It is just a really, really fun, really cool movie that just sings and it's does it's doesn't skimp on the gore. It is scary enough, I would say, for me. I mean, it's probably different for you. But this movie, again, it's I, I was sort of criticizing Ty West prior to, to going to see this. I talked about it with you is that he kind of has the Wingard problem where it's like, look at how cool I am. I'm a right. cool filmmaker. Look yeah. at how slick I've been when really all you're doing is just doing. Tar- I'm the next Wes Craven. Next Tarantino. Oh, really is what yeah. it, it's like. Oh, look at me. I'm, I'm adding this cool music to this horror. Film. It's like whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, it's actually a little more restrained in a way than I've seen Ty West before. Strangely, like uh-huh. he he doesn't dive so I don't know so forcefully into that that it starts to feel like just parody of Tarantino or something like that or those other filmmakers of the time. No, it's not. You look at it and you think it's going to be Texas Chainsaw Massacre or something like Last House on the Left, and it's not. It's mm-hmm. not. It's something else, which is neat. It, it draws from those films occasionally, but uh, no, it's actually kind of got its own unique vibe, and I, I, I really actually kind of liked it. And for a Ty West film, a lot of care behind that camera. I was like, oh, maybe you can actually direct a movie because the, the House of the Devil. It's like a good movie, but it's, it's like a good low budget movie. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like okay, this guy got enough money to you know piece together a movie, but this isn't like a great film, right? But this was the first time where I was like, oh. All right, let's see what you got, kid. I was pleasantly surprised. Cool. Might be might be better than Scream. Cool. Might be better than Scream. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's been a pretty good year. Not not terrible. Not, been, you know, three months in. I mean, usually this is the dead zone, and there are a number yeah. of notable movies that have come out. Got the Northman coming out this year too. I keep forgetting. There's like some good movies. I'm actually excited for a number of movies. That's it's been a while since that's that yeah, happened. Yeah. I think lately the trend has been the first half of the year has gotten worse. Like studios have just acknowledged it's a lost period for us. <laughs> we don't We're not care. even going to try. And then summer is, of course, a lot of franchise stuff. And then 
anything that could even be considered an Oscar movie gets put at the end now. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? Basically. Basically. And but I don't know. This year it's kind of an interesting. Uh, uh, yeah. An interesting change because. You know, you have the Batman, you have After Gang, you have your new Pixar movie that was good. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. We got Nope coming out at some point. Nope, nope. I believe, is a summer picture. Yes, it is. I think yeah. this July, right? Will this be the one that sways me? Will this be the one? You'll have to tune in to find out. <laughs> uh, Adam, this has been fun. Yes, it is. As always. Yes, as much is. as you frustrate me like a dog that will not stay in the house. <laughs> Wait, we'll not stay in. This was a good time. (laughs) This was a good time. Uh, What else? Oh, one more reminder. Go to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash too many thoughts media. Watch the live stream of the Oscars. Still got a lot of tech to set up for that shit. I am woefully unprepared. I'm not excited to show my face to the people. And the people aren't excited to see it. But they will this Sunday. Sunday, (laughs) Sunday. Uh, I should have an Oscar video dropping before that point. If I finish all this other shit I have to do. Uh, Don't kill yourself with it. uh, it. That should be coming, (laughs) I would guess, Friday morning. That would be my estimate. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to fill out the Oscar bracket. I'm going to do one of those brutally honest... uh, not uh, not bracket ballot one of those brutally honest oscar ballots that you see on like the hollywood reporter oh okay uh, i'm gonna fill that out on a on the youtube that's fair that's it i love you i gotta pee until next time <laughs> i gotta pee too <laughs>